It's a period of civil war on the podcast. Rebel spaceships led by Chris Ramirez, striking from a hidden base, have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire, ruled by Darth Zucker. During the battle, Rebel spies have managed to steal the secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Guest Star, Tommy Waters, an armored space station with enough planets and power to destroy an entire podcast. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Faison Dalal races home aboard his spaceship, custodian of the stolen plans that can save his people and restore freedom to the galaxy. That was good. One try, bitches! <laughs> one! Yeah, yes! Oh. I'm not gonna lie, I thought you said uh, Faison Dalal races home. <laughs> I was like, what, is it? what does that even mean? Listen, when you're doing it on one try, sometimes things come out a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was uh, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not the Empire, but I did like the guest star. Yeah, I, I like the I, originally you were the Empire, um, liked, but then I was like guest star, Tyler's secret well. weapon. It, it was too yeah. good. It was too it good. worked too yeah. well. I, I and I couldn't agree with you more on that. Thank you so much, Tommy. Oh, Darth Zucker has a nice ring to it. It, it does. Is. He could sound like a, a pretty he like a he's like a, a like a Jar Jar Sith, you know, G- a Gungan. He's a, he's like a Darth Gun, evil Gungan. He would not be a Gungan. Tyler be a would Gungan, be a. Though. Nimodian? No, he'd be a boffin. A boffin? <laughs> you know, I have I've been saying Tyler's a furry for a little while now. So I think that things <laughs> when, are lining up. When have you been saying that? Ah, you know, people talk on the streets, you hear things, man. Is that Welcome. what you do? Just go on the street and yell at? Yeah, when's, hey. the, um, when's the furry episode? That's when's coming the... up. You want to guess? No. <laughs> when is that coming up? Wait. I mean, we have we have it written up. We just don't have it put the date on. <laughs> if there's one thing. I cannot stand in this world. It's furries. Okay, let's not have him on for that episode. They viscerally hate <laughs> me. Explains why he hates you a lot. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, you make you make one Jessica Rabbit joke, and suddenly you're Brandon. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh God. Okay, Jessica Rabbit is that's not really furry though. Her name is I Rabbit, mean, man. If yeah. you if you admit to anything, you're becoming the thing you swore to destroy. <sighs> You're supposed to destroy the furries. Fuck it. I guess I'm a furry then. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Star Wars. Episode, <laughs> Welcome to 321 Bins, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Chris Ramirez, followed by my co-host, Faison Dalal. What's up? And my other co-host, Stinky the Hut, also known as Tyler Zucker. Boo. That was a good one, too. And my guest here, Tommy Waters. Let me tell you something. That Titans episode was probably the best thing I've ever been on before. All yeah. right. Uh, yeah. The part, bit, where, <laughs> the part where uh, Blackfire uh, shows up. I mean, I'm telling you, that, that's... <sighs> if you're confused, it's because we recorded that episode first and it's coming out tomorrow. Um, yeah. So a little bit of context. This was originally going to be one very large episode consisting of three Two early two thousands cartoons, ones we're very nostalgic for. And uh, however, we realized we're really dumb. <laughs> yeah, because it was going to be a it's going to be a four hour plus episode, um, which we've instead decided to break into three smaller episodes. One coming out today on Tuesday, regularly scheduled programming. One coming out tomorrow on Wednesday, and one coming out on Thursday. Um, the big issue though is that we have recorded these completely out of chronology. Uh, backwards, literally backwards. Yeah. So this is the last thing we're recording, and it's the first one going up. Titans. Tommy wasn't here for Titans. And that's coming out tomorrow. No, and then the last episode, isn't that's it? The last episode. So that's coming out. No, tomorrow. Avatar's. No, you're right. Avatar's in the middle episode. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's Titans is coming. Sound, it, when you're listening to it, it's, it's going to be a bit weird. Place. Just bear with us. It's kind of like Star Wars. You got to go four, five, six, and then you can get to go one, two, three. Um, and then you just jump forward seven, eight, nine. So it's a bit of a fucking mess. I mean, I, I can't. I don't know what to tell you, but listen, have <laughs> we ever just... not been a mess? 
um, just skip over seven, eight, nine, and just pretend. I will take. I'll take no. I'll take no. No, no. I will I take agree. no sequel slander in my goddamn podcast. You can skip <clears> nine. <throat> you can totally skip nine. I you can you literally cannot cannot skip, skip nine. Seven, Somehow that's the most. Nine. They both. I, all, that's the worst one. Oh, nope. I a nine is not seven is the worst one of the sequels. Um, <laughs> I don't like seven. Did, I don't like seven. I don't either. Did you just say to me? I don't like seven. I don't think seven's a good <laughs> movie. I think it plays it too safe. I think the pacing isn't as good as people like to pretend it is. This is not what we're talking about though. What we're talking okay, about. Anyways, <laughs> we'll save that. Today we're talking about the Clone Wars. Am I having a stroke? Look at my hands. <laughs> Look at my fucking hands, dude. I'm shaking. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, God. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the Clone Wars today. Uh, not the sequel trilogy, unless it comes up naturally, of course. Um, yeah, the... It to. It's gonna. It's gonna. The, the now considered kind of a classic 2003 animated Star Wars cartoon taking place between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and actually uh, giving context to those fucking movies and yeah. kind of saving the era from being a mess canonically speaking um yeah seven seasons worth of content and we thought we could talk about all this and three two other shows in one episode weren't we young and naive once upon yep. a time <laughs> yeah it wasn't a good idea yeah so who wants to actually take it away with this i guess well we're gonna we're gonna talk about it um breaking it down by seasons talk about some of the overarching plot lines and then talk about individual episodes same way that you're you're gonna see that we've been doing it for the other episodes um so who wants to who wants to start us off I'm not this is supposed this. to be you. This it is, is supposed show. to be me. This is this. Is, <laughs> I'm. I know the reason I'm asking is because I'm buying times because I don't actually have the notes opened up yet. So I am slowly making my way there. Audience. And now I'm going to start talking about <laughs> season season one because the timing worked out. Um. So early Clone Wars, and I think all of you will agree with me here. Early Clone Wars, much like early Teen Titans and even early Avatar, didn't quite know what it wanted to be. Didn't it quite have its yeah, bit of a mess. Very uneven. Didn't quite have its footing just yet. Um, it takes a little bit to get going. You know, I know whenever it comes to recommending people the Clone Wars. I mean, technically you're supposed to start with the movie, but um, movie's great. Movie's kind of a dumpster fire, it is, and yeah. uh, it's a bit of a, <laughs> it. It introduces a lot of characters that become cool. You know, Ahsoka, Rex, Ventress, uh, Stinky the Hut, but um, <laughs> it's kind of really ugly. Where the fuck did Stinky the Hut go? He was in that. That's it. And then that's it. Yeah, I, I don't think we know what happened to him. He's in one episode of Clone Wars, and he's just like vibing with Jabba. Yeah. See, because it. it's weird. We know about another baby Hut in canon who I don't think is given a name. But um, you guys, you guys remember the Mandalorian? You remember Cobb Vanth, that guy who had Boba's armor in the season two premiere? Yeah. 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 So he got Boba's armor, armor, and then he also took a baby hut, and he was gonna raise said baby <laughs> hut in order to like use the hut to kind of control the. the yeah, pretty much. Space. Yeah, pretty much his intention, right? The baby hut was not seen in the Mandalorian. We don't know if the baby hut's been killed or not, but that's the only baby we know. I, I, I don't. I, that cannot be Rhoda. Maybe that's Rhoda's son. Um, <laughs> no one knows what the fuck know. happened to Rhoda the hut. He's he's MIA. Anyone who has information will pay handsomely for it. I refuse to believe I, he's real. He's canon. He's just thrown, he, in, thrown in there for like a little kid's thing. Like that this. little that little turd is a hundred percent canon. <laughs> he is around. This is George Lucas's vision. Yeah. Um, which is actually the interesting thing about the show. Unlike a number of other every other Star Wars property that has pretty much ever come out, like aside from the movies, um, this was helmed very heavily by George Lucas. 
um, back in the old, uh, the pre-Disney era of canon, there used to be levels of canon. Yeah. And the highest tier of canon was called G-Canon, meaning created directly by George Lucas. Um, and this this was the only fucking property aside from the movies that fell into G-Canon. Everything else fell into some extension of Legends canon. Um, so, yeah, this is this is written by the man himself for the most part up until season five, I think, or maybe maybe season six. Although you can argue that season the season um, the last seasons, they already had the episodes kind of written out and then they just kind of went around creating them. Yeah, but that's a whole fucking other issue. <laughs> Um, but yeah, early, early Clone Wars doesn't quite know what it wants to be. Hence Stinky. Um, hence Ahsoka kind of feeling very child self inserty early on. Kind of kind of not not, yeah. not, the, not super interesting. It takes a little bit, you know, t- as she develops. That's the good thing. And that's the interesting thing. She develops. And by the end of the show, she's a completely different person, which is what you what you want after a war. That half the episode's out of order. I don't have a problem with that. So much like this show. Clone Wars is not told chronologically. Episodes are, are out of order in terms of timeline. I've never had a problem with this. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think I ever... Tyler is the only person I know who keeps telling me it's an issue. Because there's one episode in season one. Season one, my favorite episodes are the ones that deal with the, clone, the actual clone soldiers. Yeah. And there's one episode that shows uh, the death of one of them, I think it was. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, it shows the death of one of them. And then in like season three... You see that whole arc, and then it's like, oh, going, going, going. Okay, we're going off to war. And then next episode, oh, he died. It's like, wait a minute, what? Why the hell would you show that episode back there? I don't know, Tyler. It sounds to me like you're not giving the individual clones the respect they deserve as individuals. And thus, you thought it was just another bunch of clones that were going off to war. And not that heavy, a named character had died previously. I mean, not to mention Cutoff was also directly named. And we saw him die in uh, the Rookies episode in season one. Right, but I don't think you guess Which, you would get the lineup better if you just see them going from training camp to the death in the one shot instead of having the one episode back there and then going backwards. Uh, I uh, I don't necessarily disagree with you. <laughs> I do want to try and give you shit for it, but I don't know if I can. Uh, they clearly just didn't intend to follow this group of clones. Honestly, I don't know if they fucking intended more than one season. I think, it, you know, I mean, I think George Lucas did. I don't think the studio did because this, yeah. mo- this, this show was literally costing george lucas money out of pocket to produce like millions of dollars a season out of his personal money doesn't really matter this man has a lot of money but it was called like he was paying he was bleeding money to create the show so i not i don't know if anyone on staff really knew how far it would go and even if they would become loved considering that uh this show had very just just massive people against it for its first like four or five seasons on first four seasons I mean, the, the first season is kind of a rough watch first season's rough but i mean by the time you get to season three you get a lot of interesting stuff and i and there were still people who hated it by season three i think like, I mean, people, people tried to pretend oh yeah I, I agree i think the geonosis arc is the first really good one yeah um, one of my favorite better yeah people were still getting a shit though <laughs> even after that so like people like to pretend it's weird right now in star wars this trend where people like to pretend that the sequels were always the prequels were always loved and the clone wars was never hated and these are two facts that, that anyone wrong. who paid any yeah anyone who paid any, who was wrong. even fucking alive back then is like no these movies were fucking dunked on the show was despised people hated ahsoka for the first three or four seasons it wasn't until they got kicked off a of cartoon network that this show got any appreciation because then the people who, the people who were seven and watching the prequels suddenly became 17 and could start bitching on Reddit so that fucking people could be like, no, Revenge of the Sith is actually Shakespearean masterpiece and none of you understood it all along. And it's like, no, you're just fucking nostalgic. <laughs> it's, they're not good. They're not. No, no, no. Star Wars is good. I should actually clarify that. 
um, there is, I think, all of one and a half good Star Wars films. And, and, yeah. and I love I every can, goddamn one of these. Yeah. There's like one and a half good Star Wars. Well, maybe maybe two. Maybe two good Star Wars movies total. But that that two is like split from two other movies. <laughs> like to me, there is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. There is half of Return of the Jedi. And there is a good chunk of The Last Jedi. <laughs> and that's about it that I'd consider good. I don't like A New Hope personally. That that's my hot take, my hottest of Star Wars takes. I'm not a New Hope fan. No, I think your hottest of Star Wars takes is you think The Rise of Skywalker is a competently made film. <laughs> I think it's better than The Force Awakens, man. I don't think it's a competently made film, but I think it yeah. actually has more thematic weight to it than The Force Awakens is able to. Yeah, and I think I think Jurassic Park is about iguanas. We're all wrong sometimes. <laughs> I mean, technically speaking, right. what are dinosaurs but big iguanas, Tommy? That's not how it works. That's Birds. Not how it works. The big birds, Chris. Big birds? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They are big birds. He, he's got he's got me there. He's got me there. Let me tell you something about Clone Wars real quick, because mm. we're gonna keep going back to the I'm just gonna keep giving you shit about Rise of Skywalker throughout the entire it's show. It's not but... the worst, it's definitely not the worst Star Wars movie. We'll have you back for that episode. We'll, Listen, we'll come there back. are there are several prequels that would like to contest. And also here's Rogue the, One. Here's the shut the fuck hey, Tommy, you're gonna tell me rogue one is a competently made movie I, come on man listen i, I can like i can agree i can agree that the rise of skywalker is not well put together or well paced you got to be able to agree that rogue one is a fucking mess are you out of your fucking mind my god don't tell me you really like the vader hallway scene don't you dude that yep, alone there, sold that, me on that's it. Film. That's all you need to know about Tommy's relationship with film. Highlighted in a single sentence. But Dude, the Vader scene was so cool. He killed Dude, those one rebels. Of my, one of my favorite movies is Godzilla King of the Monsters. Actually, yeah, that's also all we needed to know. You're right. We had it, our tastes were all lined up. Like I here's my shtick is like Rogue One is fun. And it's fun for 30 minutes. No, and painful for about an hour and fifteen. I, I, I don't fell know asleep about like uh, the second time, the third time I watched it in theaters. I, fell I almost fell asleep the first time. Hour. Yeah, it's very oh, slow yeah. and boring, and none of the characters have a single personality trait. And I, I should say character trait because they do have personality traits. Bodhi has a stutter. Um, so, right, well, uh, but- my, oh, my f- <laughs> I, I don't know what to do anymore. Clone Wars. Um, one of the first episodes, like actual episodes they do, I think it's the uh, the Malevolence arc. Yeah. Yep. I forget who gets some two characters get into a Star, uh, a Star Wars fight, a lightsaber fight. It's Grievous and somebody else. And this weird fucking like dubstep music plays. Yeah, wait a minute. I remember this. I, I do remember it this It is one. the only time it ever happens in the entirety of the series. And it is the funniest thing because it's like edgy 2007 music it's like put over star it's like something you'd see in like a youtube compilation of like some yeah. kid making like an epic highlight reel and that was the most bizarre thing to me it never happens again they learned from they their really mistakes. did they really did i actually do want to say i feel like the music in, in pretty much all of the animated shows is pretty underappreciated um, I can't remember the name of the composer right now, but it's the same composer who did music for Rebels. And like, if you just listen to the tracks on their own, like without the, necessarily the distraction of the show, fantastic music. Like it really keeps like you would you almost think that this is just traditional Star Wars score placed over the film and not originally created score explicitly for the Kevin TV Kenner. show. Like 
Kevin Kinner. Yes, Kevin Kinner. It's not like this isn't John Williams. It's just someone who manages to create Star Wars music that feels perfectly Star Wars. Um, so I think that's a huge props to that because that's pre- almost that's consistent in every scene. But that one fight, I think yeah. the music really doesn't, to be honest with you, doesn't really shine until the later seasons. A lot of stuff like, doesn't. I mean, the, the last the later seasons are the best part of the whole show. Oh yeah. so everything. I, we- I don't know. I, I think the music kind of I think it's one of those things where the fact that everything else is working allows the music to elevate. Like, if there's one moment where the music stands out to me, it's, like, during the final season with Ahsoka, where the yeah. music, like, is rising as she's, you know, I'm not going to, let's, let's, we'll get to that, yeah, right? We'll but get to that. That's, like, the strongest moment musically. But I've listened to these tracks on their own, because I, I read a lot of Star Wars comics, right? So I like to have a little bit of background ambiance, so I, I play some music from the from the shows and the movies and stuff, and I just, I throw that on. And there are individual for, uh, tracks from the, both shows that are incredibly impressive. Just fantastic Chris is the pieces. type of guy that hates the the Vader hallway scene, but just accepts. I don't hate it. it. Just I don't hate it. I just know that it's good. The hell is wrong um. With you? What the hell is because, wrong? Well, with I, hell, I accept the Palpatine's alive because I for I have already realized for a while that the sequel trilogy was just Dark Empire but adapted to screen, and once I realized that, I was pretty okay. What am I going to fucking do? It's Dark Empire. I don't I don't like Dark Empire. I don't necessarily hate everything in dark empire so honestly the sequel trilogy kind of got rid of a lot of things from both hair of the empire and dark empire that i didn't like and are retrofitting other pieces that i don't like into more interesting plot points got anything for that that's one? Cool. red dark empire tommy you see do you see do you see the steam coming from my head right now hey all i'm saying honestly, do you, yeah. I, all i'm saying here i i am well versed in legends i am well versed in canon I know what I'm talking about, Tommy. And if you're going to try and challenge my opinion here, you need to have Star Wars knowledge. Star Wars knowledge comparable to mine. I don't need to have Star Wars knowledge oh. to know when a movie is made terribly. They had not a single fucking plan going into that sequel trilogy. They had not a single fucking plan going into any Star Wars film ever made. A New Hope was saved in editing. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were partially well, not Empire. Actually, not Empire. Empire is one of the only competently made ones. Return of the Jedi was changed directors several times early on before production began and was being rewritten <laughs> very deep into production. The sequel trilogy was being rewritten as it was being filmed. None of these movies have ever had a plan. People like to pretend yeah. that there is some through line. Like, like Leia and Luke were not intended to be siblings originally. The, oh, there really? isn't. There, yeah, it, like, it should be obvious. Like, there, the, there is another line wasn't meant to refer to Leia. It was meant to refer to another character that George Lucas wanted Luke to go out searching for after episode six. Like, but then he scrapped that entire plan and started making the prequels, which he changed multiple times. Because, and then he kept saying, "No, there is no prequels. No, there is no six, seven, eight, um, seven, eight, nine. But then he had some early scripts for seven, eight, nine, which are ridiculous. I've talked to Tyler at length about this. The main villain for his vil- earliest drafts of nine, of seven, eight, nine, was Darth Maul again. And it and Leia was the chosen one, and it's it's weird. It's fucking weird. And the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And there's a bunch <laughs> of other weird shit in his. Like, there was never a plan. Star Wars has been off the cuff for 40 years, and I'm kind of okay with that I'm for sorry, the main saga. Are you trying to say midichlorians or mitochondria? Um, I was thinking, I was, I was, yeah, I was making a joke from, from mitochondria, but I always okay. knew midichlorians. I just want to point out, uh, Chris talking about Star Wars is just the Amazing World of Gumball episode where they make fun of Star Wars. Yeah, except I, I also know it's stupid, which is why I'm fine with it. Like, it's a dumb franchise, and I love it for that. Like, I love, like, I have hundreds of star wars pops maybe not um, that we can't see that we, yeah, we can't yeah. see there's there's some of them up here 
Oh my god! Some of them up there, and there's a bunch in that fucking closet. That was all area. just ceiling. There's was... <laughs> just all ceiling. Here's, here's this group. Oh, just a bunch of blurry photos of things in jars. Looks like spe- looks like I'm pretty sure that was a finger or something. <laughs> George Lucas's finger. I keep it there as my most prized possession. The Moving on. I was, right, I was anyways, se- I was back to Clone Wars, please. Yeah, I was trying <laughs> to segue this as to say this show eventually did have a plan. Like I. Dave Filoni is a genius with this show. Okay. Yeah. What he does with the overarching story here is amazing. He had, I think by season two or three, that's when he started to realize, I know where I want to take this show. Yeah. And I, and you really do start to see it in like the characters like Ahsoka, Barris, even Anakin, and his slow descent into the dark side. The, the clones are some of the best parts of this show, and to see them evolve and just just be people is amazing. D. Bradley Baker kills it. Yeah, I gotta say, he's very clones. impressive. I mean, I mean, the fact that he can add individuality to characters that are literally clones, pretty much using, using just his voice, you know? Uh, he had so he had so much like you can you can listen to someone like like Rex and then you can listen to someone like, like Heavy or, or yeah. Cody or even Cody. Yeah. And you can tell not the same clone. I know who this yeah. is. Is this a difference in tone? And it's it's fantastic. I mean, and also just growing up, I always thought the clones looked like super badass and just seeing them have actual personalities instead of yeah. being just nothing. Just the, yeah. I mean, seeing them do anything like in the films, we saw them in the first battle of Geonosis when they landed, which is which was the like, very uh, the very end of the film. One of my favorite right? scenes of all it's time. The, it's like yeah, it's the best sequel. It's the best sequence in that movie, and it's but it's, it's the too, only good it's, sequence in that movie. Let's be honest here. Uh, are there others that I like? Uh, you don't. Dooku, like the Dooku, Dooku, Obi Wan, Anakin fights pretty fun. But I think that's I, like that's kind of like oh, like a part of Geonosis. Okay, so you're just saying the Geonosis stuff is the only good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like Django's armor in the rain, <laughs> and I like the sound that his that the slave two makes when it drops the um, what's that name of that charge called? That the bomb. I can't remember the name of the the, oh. the charge. I'm really okay. showing my age here. Like so, Mister. Mr. I've I've read all the comics. I have, but I called can't... seismic charges. Oh my god, I said charge. I forgot it was seismic. Oh, what a slip up. What a no genuine slip up. Genuine slip up on my part. I should have known. Uh, Ten points away from Gryffindor. Listen, man, have you ever read Dark Empire? I don't know who this Dark Empire guy is, but that's <laughs> they sound like a schmuck. It kind of was. It was also a mess in terms of continuity. Um <laughs> uh, yeah i mean yeah so like we only get to see them do that and then we get to see the, cl- the clones in order 66 and some earlier stuff on utapa yeah and then like uh so any other sequences you get to see them a little bit in the air over the battle of coruscant in like in in like in the fighters but like n- you don't really get a lot with them and this show just gives you so much time to see them and it raises so many interesting questions both from like a like what is the ethical quandary that comes from like your good guys the republic cloning human beings to fight in a war or at least the separatists are just sending in droids and honestly do the republic see the clones as anything different than the separatists see the droids and what happens to free will in a situation like this yeah where's the clone union what (laughs) what like what what do a people like created for a war feel like about the war without it they wouldn't exist and that's such an interesting you fucking piece of shit you took exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) In season seven, Rex brings up an excellent point of how 
clones feel this like they obviously don't want their brothers dying and stuff but the whole reason they exist is because of this war so you gotta think like who's hey you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah you do and there's so many other there's a sequence in uh, i believe season six that makes it all the more tragic and we'll we'll get there when we get there but for season one i don't feel like there's a whole lot to talk about individually really. rookies the episode with the clones that's really good i like the first episode ambush with yoda and the three clones and he's he's, he's highlighting their individuality yeah. something we're gonna see brought up throughout the rest of the show um layer of grievous is one of the only times grievous gets to feel like a badass in anything ever <laughs> Oh, Grievous just gets shit on the whole... He gets shit on the whole series yeah, except for Layer of Grievous. That's like the I one episode hate. they give him. I agree. The villains get... Sh- some of the villains get shafted here. I love when he just gets all fucking sad when his pet dies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's named, like, Gore or something. Yeah. He's like, Gore. Gore. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> it's funny when the sad boy cry. Right? Uh, I know. I understand what you mean for sure, actually. Yeah, like growing up, Grievous was like this super intimidating figure, and then they kind of just turned him into. I mean, did, did he ever do anything cool? He like he he, he like looks cool. He looks he's cool. Like he, a lot he, of Jedi. I supposedly like we never but really see, see him it. do it. Like we see him kill one Jedi in the show, and then we see him in the movie run away, and then get killed by Kenobi with a gun. That's true. And then Kenobi throws away the gun. Yeah, I mean, they just because it didn't dirty. fucking. They did. The like, Grievous always gets done dirty. Um. In, cur- in the current canon and I kind of hope that there's like a book or a comic or something that gives him something to fucking do to match his no design. Yeah. I really like how he's just kind of a bitch in the series <laughs> really but he's not That's he shouldn't thing. be like he he wasn't back in the old in legends with the Tartaroski Clone Wars series the micro series see but in that he's like this unstoppable automaton where he it's almost like a Vader-esque thing I like the idea that the only reason he's really been successful in killing Jedi is because he has an entire fucking army at his back. And I don't he know. He's hot shit, but he's not. He can hold his own, sort of, because he can just spin fucking lightsabers like a god. And he was trained by Dooku, as far as the yeah. Okay. As like he's just he he can't use the Force, okay. which always puts him at a disadvantage. Yeah, Dooku Dooku read like chapter one of the lightsaber for dummies and I'm I'm, ve- uh, I'm spinning. That's kind of bullshit. I'm sorry, but Dooku is a is trained by Master Yoda, a very effective Jedi Master. He's Tra- also teacher of one of the best duelists in all of Star Wars. He's, yeah, he's like the he's, the, like he's the arguably best. the best duelist of all of Star Wars until Anakin takes him down. He is like the he's a grade A fighter. He actually in the show two v ones Anakin and Obi Wan. I think like on two or three occasions, he is granted, the single I, best duelist. I, I do also, think he would have won versus Anakin. I'm sorry, say I, that again. I, I think he would have beaten Anakin in I that feel fight. Like in that fight, I think that was more of a the Palpatine was like I I need him alive. So it's maybe not like maybe he's going to actually fight. I need to read the Revenge of the Sith novelization. I um I have it in my Audible library, but I haven't gotten around to it because I've been listening to all the High Republic stuff that's been coming out. Yeah. Um, that I know has a sequence specifically where um, Dooku realizes he's been betrayed by Palpatine, but it, I don't know how much context it provides to the sequel, the fight around it. Yeah. But yeah, no, Dooku was a fucking savage fighter. He was an amazing duelist. There is two things to highlight that. Number one, I agree with you. In the remember the one scene where he gets poisoned by the Night Sisters, yeah, is now like 3v1ing while poisoned and they're invisible. Mm -hmm. Yep, 
amazing sequence. And number two is, I think it's in like season four or five where he's fighting Anakin one-on-one in like a dining room and Palpatine is there and Anakin starts getting the, um, starts, starts actually pushing Dooku back. And you see on Palpatine's face, like a little switch flip kind of realizing I'm like, Oh, I can definitely corrupt this kid here. So I, I'm not sure what sequence are, are you referring to the sequence in season six? That's a vision. That's Yoda's no, force vision no. where he flashes into the sequence where him and Anakin are, are found. They quote unquote found Dooku and Palpatine yeah. and they lead an assault, but it's all actually a force vision provided by um, Malachor and Kind of the no, not really. The no, 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 no. Give me a second. You will we'll let you, we'll you fact that check that. Yeah, fact check that. Uh, season one. I don't think there's actually any more episodes of note. No. Uh, Innocence over Ryloth. Like the Ryloth arc is pretty cool. It's our first real battle, but yeah. it's not that noteworthy. Not really. Season two. Uh, season a lot two better. Really good. It introduces had, uh, Cad Bane. Yep. Uh, he's trying to steal the holocron. He's trying to steal oh, some he babies too. He steals a holocron, then steals babies. Then steals um, babies. Yeah, that's a pretty sus. I think I think he's a he's a really cool bounty hunter. I hope I hope that his the way his story ends gets adapted eventually, either as a show or a comic or something, because he actually has a pretty cool final yeah. duel against someone. I'm not going to say just for those who don't know, and if it ever gets ad- adapted, but I really hope you get to see that in some season form. four, episode eighteen, Crisis on Naboo. Okay, okay, Naboo, Naboo, Naboo. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure which one, which which sequence it was. I whenever I think of like a fight like that, I always picture the one that was in Yoda's Force Vision. But you're right, this Naboo is the is one. Better. This is the I believe this is the end of the arc. Yeah, no, this is the end Before of the Obi-Wan. arc with Obi Wan, where yep. he goes, where he fakes his death and everything, mm-hmm. and then he's a uh, fucking uh, the bounty the hunter. Weird, yeah, the bounty hunter guy. Yeah, I forget the guy's name. And the box and everything. The box, good, great arc, by the way. Yeah, we'll get we'll get yeah. to that one. But yeah, I, I see what you mean there. That's fair. Uh, as for season two, season two, I think, has the first good arc of the series. The first truly good arc. Um, battle of Geonosis. The second battle of Geonosis. Yep. Absolutely. I per- I truly personally love this arc like to death. Like really, we get to see a large scale battle. We get to see it broken up into multiple stages with both landing and pushing forward on certain critical attack points and taking down the weapons factory and the aftermath with the Geonosian queen and the brain invaders on the ship. Um, I, I just love getting to see in a single, like almost quote unquote, like historical event, you know, if you look yeah. at it as like an in-universe history, get covered in such depth from so many different angles with so many different characters. Yeah. It felt like what the second Star Wars movie should have been. Yeah, honestly, right? <laughs> it really did. I, I mean, like, there's a lot of arcs throughout the whole show that you could have just. I mean, it's great in the show as it is, but also could have just been in the movie too. I see. I I'm I'm a Star Wars fan to the point that I consume pretty much everything, so I am fine with pretty large plot points being hidden away in other places. Specifically, because I I truly believe that in the Clone Wars, um, there is the single most important moment in all of Star Wars occurs. And uh, it's just hidden away in the middle of one of the seasons in the middle of the show. So I'm personally okay with a lot of stuff not being in the films because I know that I, I'm going to get my answers eventually. So I'm not too heated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, what are you what are you referring to? Just a curiosity. Season three, we'll get there pretty soon. Oh, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Tyler is what I'm referring to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, like to my point, like yeah, I don't. I'll watch 
anything, so I don't care. I'll get the, I'll get like the knowledge from Clone Wars from actually watching it. But for the most part, you the main audience is not gonna is not yeah. that much of a crazy. But I also feel like the main audience doesn't care that much. No, they don't. Like, let's be real. In terms of the rise of like the sequels as a whole, right? If we talk to a random person on the street, their opinions are not very intense either way. Yeah, it was a fun fucking movie. Like, they don't care. My, my yeah. dad didn't. My dad wasn't heated about the Palpatine coming back in The Rise of Skywalker. No one I know who does who's like who's not spending all their fucking time on Twitter or Reddit, like truly gave a shit. Yeah, you know, it's like, like, oh, it's 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 a, it's a movie guy. with the lightsaber and the old guys back and a hey, you know, no one fucking cared. So it's I don't think like personally, I think that the average audience member like Maul showing up in Solo. They might look up a they screen confused, rant article. Yeah. yeah, they might find a screen rant article when they finish. But like, that's the ex- they're not going to be like losing sleep. Like, God, I can't believe they fucking didn't cut. They cut the mall plot line. I want to see that in a movie. It's like, no, I don't fucking care. You know, like, and then the only people who truly care are like the weird in-betweeners of like watch everything and care a lot about media. Yeah. Which isn't, I don't think, honestly, the biggest <laughs> demographic in the world. It's not. Or like it's the people like, that latch onto like certain niche yeah. characters. Yeah, okay. exactly. And even you, if you're really latching on that hard to a niche character, there's a book for that. Yeah. You want Phasma to be cool because her armor's cool? She has one of the best books in the entirety of the new canon. Phasma is oh, amazing. You read, Chris. Yeah, or you or happen. you go to our sponsor, who's not really our sponsor, but they could be one day, oh. Audible, like I do, because I, I, I haven't read in so long. I just listen to audiobooks because my commute is really long, and it saves me so much trouble, and I've listened to so many fucking Star Wars books this way. It's, it's really helpful. You hear that, Audible? You got a free uh, plug right there. Yeah, we, we gave you that one for free. The next one, you're going to pay us. Um, what other? I'm looking through season two right now. We get um we meet Barris Offie, a character who yep. comes back in the sixth season. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> can't help but hate her. She's not wrong, but you hate not. her. Doesn't seem uh, to also have Mandalore. Yes, the Mandalore plot. Uh, we meet Satine, who um, definitely bumped uglies with Obi Wan at least once in the year that they were on the run. And we Why meet. Go, uh, say it that way. And we meet. Because he loves saying it like that. We meet uh, Tar Tarvisla. Is it Tarvisla? Is that the one of the Mandalorian? I always confuse that because they're they're both from the Vizsla clan. What do you mean? What? Tar, 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 is it free? No. Yeah, it's Tar, Tarvisla is his ancestor, the first Jedi, to, the first, well, a first Mandalorian Jedi, and the first person to hold the yeah. dark saber. That's who that was. Yes, and then his ancestor, his descendant, is in the Mandalorian as the armored Mandalorian trooper, and I always forget his name too. The guy in the that uh, the one that like that like the, gets a, gives a shit to. Not yeah, and, to. yeah, yeah. Mando sees his jetpack and he's like, I got to get myself one of those. Yep. Yeah, him. His name is. Ooh, his name. Uh, they don't actually say it. It's it's in a. It's in like it's Paz Vizsla. Yeah. Oh. So that is implied to be uh, somehow in, in the Vizsla clan. You know, if not if not a direct descendant, at least related to um, pre Vizsla. Don't we get is Hondo first appearance in season two or one? <gasps> uh, he's in two. Middle. How could we forget the? Oh, that was a bad accent. I'm not doing that again. My uh, friends, my friends, my friends, my friends. It doesn't thought, feel wasn't right. In one. Han- isn't Hondo in season one? Uh, I don't remember. Fact check this. It is season one. It's the Gungan yeah, general. Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Dooku are like, yes. all captured. It is uh, season okay. one. But yeah, okay. We forgot about him from the first season. Yeah, we did actually. Forget- I, f- I forgot of his introduction. He's like, I don't know how great. they made like a bad character. Like, not bad, but like a, a villain, so to say. Yeah. So likable. He's Jack Sparrow. Yeah, pretty much. He's, he's Star Wars Jack Sparrow. And the one like I am normally not OK with characters surviving multiple eras. I kind of like, you know, once a character feels like a character's narrative is spent, that it's spent. Yeah. 
I am fucking perfectly okay with the fact that Hondo is alive by the time of the sequel trilogy. I have no problem. I don't mind that he's like in Galaxy's Edge and like just an old dude. Like I don't care. I fuck just let him keep doing things past past any normal reasonable I, amount of time. I love it. Hondo is one of the greatest characters Star Wars has ever produced. I, like, I own his yeah. pop. I love this man. He's amazing. He's, he's such a interesting character because he's not overtly good. Yeah, but he's not overtly bad either. In fact, by the time Rebels rolls yeah. around, he's—I'd say he's—he's he's more of like an anti-hero, if anything. Yeah, he's borderline good guy. One of my top ten favorite lines, just of anything ever, is when him is later on in the series where him and where he's fighting Maul and Savage. Press. Savage and Maul's like, "You will pay for your insolence." insolence we are pirates we don't even know what that means <laughs> that is one of the greatest lines and delivery cinema ever. was born that day yep honestly nothing came before nothing came before citizen kane no no no, no. honda what's that honda onaka that's what i'm here for um he i do want to say that himself kind of he, he really does he really does he doesn't matter his crew really isn't that important Although, you know, by the time you get to Rebels, there is some change in heart yeah. there. But, you know, it's, it's just he's just so fun. And his morals change on a dime. Like when his morals was, change on a dime. When he was arguing like, oh, they have kids. Let's sell them to. Oh, wait, we need to save these kids. Like these are the same kids. You want sell. It's different now, though, Tyler. <laughs> different. He has to save him now, Tyler. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, we also see some early signs of uh, Obi-Wan's drinking problem. Um, a plot line that was picked up from Attack of the Clones. Where every time Obi Wan walks into any type of cantina, he immediately gets a drink, no matter what. And he's you see, other, fit in. You you see other characters like you. There's a sequence in season one actually where he's sitting next to Anakin. Anakin takes a shot, and you see it's clearly very rough. It's a rough shot. Obi Wan takes the same shot, no flinch. Obi Wan's not a bitch. What he no. that year with Satine changed him. He <laughs> he came out of that a man, and he he is also a, also a crippling alcoholic. It's 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 problematic. It was a fast change. That's why he looks so old in A New Hope. Truly. <laughs> He has a he has a bit of a drinking He's problem. 40. <laughs> I hope he drinks excessively in the Kenobi show. I really do. I just it just feels right from everything I've seen. Yeah. Um, aside from that, in season two, we get some fun bounty hunter stuff towards the, the tail yeah, end. Get Boba Fett, Boba Fett, young Boba Fett. Um, yeah, something but... that actually matters now that Boba Fett's confirmed to be come back to back to life in canon. Thank God, I've been waiting literally like six years for that plot line to get picked up. So fuck, I was so fucking happy when Boba Fett was like, that's probably my like my, my that's the second most hyped cameo for me in Mandalorian. Just the fact that he's alive, just the confirmation. Yeah, what was your first? Was Luke, Luke. you know, okay. it's just it's pure hype. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, I figured but it doesn't really matter thematically at all, but it's just cool. Like I just never thought they were gonna do that. Yeah, and they so did like, it. yeah, the fact that Boba's alive and that Boba's a totally different person than we last saw him in Return of the Jedi interests me greatly. He's like a completely different person, and now like between that, seeing where he is now, seeing where he was, you know, especially because right now they're doing the War of the Bounty Hunters comic event, which yeah. is basically. Um, is it not uh what the fuck was the name of the shadows of the empire it's basically shadows of the empire from the legends days where a bunch of bounty hunters are all after han solo's carbonated body and they want oh. to sell him to java um it's basically that storyline and we're seeing boba fett shortly before and pretty much right after and he's he's pretty much a hard villain he, he will kill whoever yeah. the fuck gets in his way and to see like him as a kid kind of questioning what's what's the right thing to do him as this hardened killer you know in the original trilogy and then now him helping another mandalorian in uh the mandalorian it's it just really great to see that much range with this character and I'm, I'm really intrigued by it so i think that's worth mentioning here uh that takes us to season three 
which yep. brings us the clones arc clone cadets and arc troopers uh great episodes Yo, I love these arc two. troopers arc troopers i think they might can i hear us can I hear an F in the chat for 99s, please? Bro, can I, uh, you don't understand that? That fucked me up as a kid when I first. I, I do this. understand that. I had this shit recorded on TiVo. I didn't need to feel my Friday night like this, dude. 99 is, again, a brilliant example of just character structure. We're only there. He's only there for, like, what, three episodes? One. Just no, two. One. Two. It's two. It's, it's clone arcs and arc troopers. There you go. Yeah. No, he's in the, um, he's in this following arc. Where um wait is, is no, it's just it's just it's, it should be just clone cadets and arc troopers because that's Camino yeah it's Camino yeah, but, yeah but when does is arc troopers when it gets taken over yeah oh never mind I'm mixing up my plot shit then tisk 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 it's been a hot sec <laughs> since I've seen the Clone Wars I'll give you that I've watched the show like five times yeah I I saw it last year. Uh, right before quarantine began, me and my buddy were rewatching the show, and it was great. Yeah, absolutely love it. It's a great time. I truly do love it. I don't um, think yeah. season three is the beginning of when it gets like really great. Season two is obviously an improvement over one, but three is like, all right, there's a bunch of arcs that just keep coming. A lot of consistency. Yeah, that's after really that, what we love to see. A lot yeah, of like, consistency. After that clone arc, it's a little bit later, and I think I might be skipping one, but the uh, Night Sisters arc in the back end is great. Yeah, that's that's yeah. later on. I do want to say one thing for 99. Um, if you guys know this, there is a so we've made the Bat Bat. We meet the Bat Batch later on. They're getting their own show coming out literally the day this airs. Um, and Star Wars Day. Yeah, Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day for those listening. Um, and they are called Clone Batch 99 in honor of 99 because he is also a quote unquote misformed clone. Mm-hmm. So that's just a great little that little is. tidbit. Yeah, I love it. Um, another fun fact, uh, Bad Batch is kind of like a canon version of the old Delta Squad clones. If you guys ever played the old Republic yep, Commando games, that was love fun. those. However, Repu- the Delta Squad is also canon because they show up in an episode of Clone Wars as a cameo. Yeah. So do with that information what you will. Will we see Delta Squad and Bad Batch? I hope that'd so. be fucking cool. I don't think I hope so. Maybe right? maybe as antagonists, an elite squad hunting an elite squad. Yeah. We know clone like clone commandos are canon and Delta Squad is canon. Both of these things exist simultaneously in in uh, Clone Wars. So uh, the Bad Batch takes place after Clone Wars, right? Very shortly. I think even the first episode might be before Order sixty six. Okay, it might just pick up exactly where its arc left off. Wait, Bad the Batch bad, after clones, but before Bad Rebels? Batch, I can confirm. Yeah, yeah, well before Rebels, like pl- ten years. Yeah, Bad Batch takes place pretty much almost immediately after. Um, what the what, order 66 oh so it yeah. does it does look like right after okay yeah i wasn't sure it's, if it if it picked up with when echo joins the team and then like moves from there like right with like with that second that they leave anakin and obi-wan on um god i can't remember the name of that was it megiddo i don't think it was megiddo it might have been megiddo we'll I'm see. sorry just, just sorry to cut you off my i forgot my dog was in my room and i just heard this terrifying squealing sound just coming from my bed and that just scared the ever-living piss out of and me. he thought he put that person in the basement <laughs> oh my god uh, hey there da poppy how are you yes he wait, has a dog wait for my sake so when does rebels take place uh, like, like four years before, and you hope in the first season, then like every season is basically a year forward. 
Oh, yeah. so then, so there's just the gap in between the end of Clones and Rebels and Bad Batch is in between that? Yeah, Bad Bad Batch is like right after Clone Wars. And then no matter how far Bad Batch gets, there's likely still going to be a gap between that and Rebels. And then Fallen Order takes place during that time. There's a bunch of good comics that take place during that time, specifically the Charles Soule Darth Vader run. Um, other things of note that take place during that time, probably a bunch of books that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. <laughs> that, that's fair. I Ahsoka's thought... novel, that's one. Yeah, um, I... Tarkin. Yeah, okay. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the timeline for that. Um, this arc, this arc also has an episode where uh, Quinlan Voss shows up. Yep, uh, Quinlan Voss, who has like the least amount of screen time, but like, but I, he's so I love cool, him. so cool. He's here for like two episodes in the whole show. Actually, what sucks is that um, for those who don't know, there was a lot of scripts for the show that were never produced into episodes. Of course, there was. Um, and some of them have not been adapted at all, but two of them. Uh, one of them is uh, it's it's an arc about Maul and how he escapes from Palpatine before the season seven, uh, his season seven climax, right? And then there's another that is Quinlan Voss and Ventress's arc, and it is Ooh. so good. And I, it's called Dark Disciple. I would genuinely recommend reading it without me spoiling it because I can. And it's 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 just there's a lot that happens, and it's very Quinlan focused, and it's really good. And also, even more interestingly, um canonically in the charles soul vader comic we see a list of names written in arabesh that of a jedi who survived order 66 and when you translate these names you see some obvious ones ahsoka obi-wan yoda and you see quinlan voss and that's a plot okay. line that has not been picked up yet but he's a survivor post order 66 Is, are they going to be doing the shit they did with him in the dark horse comics and legends i don't fucking know i didn't actually re I, nah, I, I, I read I some of like them he'll probably just show up randomly yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I can't wait. They're gonna he's gonna get something eventually. You know, I, I saw something like a couple of weeks ago. He was in he was in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's weird because it's his design, but the ages don't line up at all unless he's like, like 19. Looks exactly like him. We're gonna pretend that it's just somebody else who happens to look exactly like him. Or he started doing or maybe he's not like an actual human, he's a different race that ages like slightly. Much he can it's Star Wars. You can do them. Isn't he? No, he's um what race? What is he? There's a thing with the M. Mandalorian? No, no, no. no. <laughs> the thing with the M. I don't know how to pronounce it. I forgot I, how to pronounce it. I'm very curious as to what this could be. Or no, sorry, he was a He's Kifar. A Kifar, yeah, a yeah, near-human species from the planet Kifu and Kifrex. Although in human appearance, they are distinguished by their scarlet blood and facial tattoos, which indicate their clan affiliation. Okay. So he's he's near human. We likely don't have canonical information for how long they age. And so even just if we did, so happen to be somebody that looks exactly like him. The same yeah, same clan, tattoos. same clan. There we go. I mean, okay. makes sense. It's tattooing, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Quinlan Voss is great. And then as we get to the back half of the season, we get Night Sisters. Um, great arc, adventurous focused arc. Mother Talzin is a great character. Savajo Cress yeah. is a fucking fantastic character, and his art. His it episode bothers me how his name is so dark. Name is pronounced though. Savajo Cress. Yeah, it sounds like a cologne. Actually, guys, I'm gonna let you guys talk about this arc real quick. I have to run real fast. I'll be back. Nice, nice. Bye, Tyler. I mean, bye, Chris. Where's he going? All right, so Tommy's taking over on you. Thank God he's gone. All right. So, Rise of Skywalker is the worst. Okay, no, no. I agree with you. We we all agree with you. Yeah, we all agree with you. Don't worry. We need to make we need to make sure everyone knows how absolutely dog shit that property is. But Clone Wars is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, go on, go on. I believe in season four. Also, is when. Uh yeah, this we're is on, when we're on, we're on three. We're on three right now. We have the Night Sisters. Whoops, I meant season three. Yep. No. Yeah, the Night Sisters is amazing. The um, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to see like magic in Ooh, magic. the Star Wars universe. Interesting thing about and magic. Kind of weird. Oh, quick He's note about back. Ma- I'm back, boys. He's quick back. note about magic. Magic is actually just an extension of the Force, and Night Sister magic is actually just a form of the dark side. That's what I figured. Yeah, we see Palpatine's use something similar in season five. So yeah, season. magic exists. Season five with the Yoda arc. Uh, and also, oh, we yeah. see him do something. We see him do the same thing in Rebels. Wait, no, isn't that six or is it what Yoda arcs in five? Six. Sorry, I keep. I'm still forgetting to count seven as a new season. Okay. Yes, it's in six. Yeah. So yeah, yeah magic's but, a cool implication. Yeah, and the whole thing with the Night Sisters with Ventress and her going to it's her home planet, right? Yeah. Dathomir. Yeah. Dathomir. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's not my favorite arc. My favorite arc from that season is still the clones, but it's still a great arc. Yeah, I think a standout one just because of how how far it's willing to go. But I think it's the best arc in this season. I agree. I think there's one we haven't talked about, which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh, yeah, there's there's one we haven't talked to that I can't wait to get to. (laughs) Yeah, what did I forget? I feel like I'm completely forgetting. We'll we'll, we'll get there. But first, I just want to say I I like how dark how it's willing to go pretty far. Like Savage Press murdering his brother is probably one of the most fucked things we see in in the show up until uh, definitely up until yeah, and it, and it really possibly sets the whole up show with the fact that he just doesn't care he's no longer the man he was yeah mother talzin's dark side magic has uh officially affected him right so i think it's really good i also think that ventress getting sent on this vengeance plot line is fucking great it's something that carries over into dark disciple again yep. recommend that read um i love i love this i think i love this arc even more knowing what it sets up into because of how much I love Dark Disciple as a book, it's got to be another one of my favorite canon books. It's just, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens with it. Mm. But now we get to talk about um, something I was referring to earlier when I said that the single most important canonical moment in the entire Star Wars saga takes place in the middle of the third season of an right. animated cartoon. It is the Mortis arc. Yep. Yeah. The Mortis arc is so interesting to me. And oh boy, do I have things to say. Um, so, uh, for, for context, the Mortis arc takes place when Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka receive a bizarre distress signal from a mysterious ship in the, I think it might've been in the unknown regions or at least the outer rim. Um, they, yeah, they ended up kind of getting sucked into it more than anything else. Um, and landing on its planet, finding three bizarre beings known as the father, the daughter, and the son, the the son being almost an avatar for the dark side. The daughter being an avatar for the light and the father being balanced, the one in the middle. Um, something that also goes back. <laughs> avatar. We talked about that. We not yet for them. Not yet. Not they yet. don't know that. <laughs> um, and what's interesting to me is is A, so if we look pre pre-Disney buyout, uh, there was a lot of debate about whether this arc was a purely force vision or it even physically happened people did not know and actually the large consensus was it was all a force vision and it's a metaphor for the actual star wars saga then in legends um george lucas says hey i see you're writing these um tales of the new jedi republic or whatever it was called series and i see you got this character called abeloth i want to tie her to these deities like okay fine we're gonna say that these deities are what the celestials became in legends and that the mother is a being called Avaloth who drank out of both the light side and the dark side came this being blah blah blah. It's kind of weird, it's kind of dumb. We're probably gonna get a canon version of her at some point. Um, but you know, Disney bio that gets wiped. So once again, there is debate. Did this shit even happen? What the fuck is this? Yeah. What the fuck are they? 
And that's the way it was for a while until Star Wars Rebels does something very interesting. And we see a mural on the side of a very particular uh, force focal point, let's say, that depicts the father, the son, and the daughter. Uh, pretty much confirming that, yes, they do exist. And as, in, as such, everything that occurs here also happened, right? So that's that's just an important baseline to have. This is not a force vision. These are events that occurred, right? Okay. Yeah. Now, what's interesting to me here, and the reason I consider this to be critical, is because the whole first episode, right, the one known as Overlords, it is about the son, try, the father, I'm sorry, trying to find out, is Anakin the Chosen One? And if he is, it is his place to bring ballast to the force. Yep. In the end, he does this by pretty much having his son and daughter threaten to kill Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. And Anakin, being the chosen one, is capable to bring them both down and have them pretty much kneel to him as the entirety of the world of Mortis is spinning. Right. This is a place that is deeply tied to the force. The father then says, you are the chosen one. It is your destiny to stay here and bring balance between my, the, the, my son and my daughter. Yeah. So that's the thing. The whole thing is that Anakin is a chosen one. There is a prophecy. Um, which says that he is to bring balance to the force. Specifically, the prophecy says, because we now know the canonical words of the prophecy as of Master and Apprentice, the Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon book. The actual prophecy of the Chosen One says, ba -ba -ba, if I can pull that up, a Chosen One shall come, born of no father, and through him, ultimate balance and the force shall be restored. So what's critical about this is, A, the prophecy has pretty vague wording, right? Through yeah. him, not because of him, right? Very, very important wording. But most interestingly is that the father says, this is your destiny. You are to stay here on Mortis and bring balance. And Anakin chooses not to. He just says he, no. He's like, he no. says no. He has too many attachments outside on the, the physical plane. He cannot, he can't release that eighth chakra. He can't let go of the physical, right? But here's the thing. If Anakin had stood here, as was his destiny, and he had fulfilled the prophecy, the rest of the Star Wars saga would never have happened. There would yeah. be no Luke. Right. There would be no Leia. Yeah, Everything obviously. That, but here's what's important. Okay. They were never supposed to exist. He was never supposed to have children. He was never supposed to have grandchildren. He came from the Force. He was a pushback from the Force, purely of the Force. He was meant to stay here and return to the Force. By denying his destiny, he causes the events of everything else in the saga. He falls to the dark side under Palpatine's rule because he did not stay in Mortis and fulfill his destiny. That leads to the rise of the Empire, eventually leading to Luke and Leia, two people who ultimately shouldn't really exist because yeah. his destiny was to stay on Mortis. Two characters who eventually oh. have to return to the Force. A character who eventually has this other, another son, Ben Solo. Another character who, much like his, his mother, shouldn't technically exist and at the end returns to the force we don't see him go through the same trials we see yoda go through we don't see anakin go through those same trials luke probably did but we don't see leia do it either these characters came from the force and to it where they return at the end of the saga and ray takes up their mantle takes up their legacy takes up their lessons and becomes a skywalker when the real skywalkers have to return to oh, the that was so lame came. It's true. That's the fucking theme. That's no, the point of the no, movie. No, 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 but the whole Ray part is just so lame. It's important, though. That. That's what's important because she takes yeah, up the mantle Chris, and is even though she's not a Skywalker. Chris, I'm going to be honest with you here. When you started this bit, I didn't know where you were going with it, but I have never once thought of it in this way. Yeah. And it is such an interesting because that that makes so that makes so much sense to me because I thought the prophecy 
always was going to be he was destined to become Darth Vader and kill Palpatine, thus restoring balance to the force. I feel like an idiot that I didn't notice this now. <laughs> no, this was something that took me. I remember when I was watching this before the rise of Skywalker, I had such a struggle trying to piece together what it all meant. And it honestly wasn't until the rise of Skywalker and specifically Ben Solo dying and, and Ray taking up the name of Skywalker that I, it kind of clicked to me that this was a family of the force and that they weren't supposed to exist because this moment was the moment the prophecy was referring to. This was the yeah. moment. This is the most critical and penultimate moment in the entire saga. And it is tucked away in the middle of a cartoon, which I find fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's so important. And there's like there's other moments like that hidden throughout Star Wars that are tucked away in other little bits of canon and books and comics. And it's crazy just how important they are. If you're like if you're trying to be lore accurate about what the story really means. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Rise of Skywalker the reason I think I like it is because it ends up tying into a lot of le- uh, canonical pieces and ends up in a weird way, ironing out the story. Yeah. Kind of like making everything make sense. Yeah. Despite the fact that as a film, it doesn't necessarily make sense. All over the place, yeah. yeah. Even though the actual movie has bad pacing, really weird sequences with Carrie Fisher. Cause the effects just weren't up to par um, character arcs that don't really work in con it without a lot of context to support them. And like whatever the fuck's going on with Vader that we're only now getting information about in the Greg Pak run of Darth Vader. And even then it's pretty sparse. Like um, it, it at the same time, it also manages to iron out a lot of it. Like people are like, oh, it broke canon. It really didn't. It kind of helps. Canon. It hel- kind of helps fix the biggest plot hole I've had with the franchise and for a long time. Because um, I've always tried to figure out how does Kylo Ren work into Mortis? How does all of this next generation work into Mortis? And now makes it sense. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it all so that's that's why I say this is an incredibly important moment. Um, yeah, I mean, at the same time, you also have to figure like what does bring balance to the force really mean? Yeah, because originally, according to George Lucas, it meant the eradication of the dark side, right? But that's not true balance, is it? That's not true balance. And then what certain other what, what the last Jedi kind of um suggests is that powerful light, powerful dark, these things both exist, yeah. but it, it almost suggests that they're an equal. Um, I feel like there's other pieces of canon, especially the Age of Republic Qui-Gon Jinn issue that suggests, I think the best metaphor I've seen for it is that the light side of the force is like a forest and the dark side's like a river. Yeah. And you need this river to run through the forest. But if you have somebody pushing more water down that river, expanding that river, it will devastate the, the forest around yeah. it. Yeah, it devastates. And that's what Palpatine's doing. That's what the Sith are doing. They are abusing the dark side and pushing it to destroy the forest balance doesn't mean eliminating the dark side it can't be you need it it's symbiotic right yeah but it means getting rid of the people who are abusing it yeah so that's That's kind of at the end of the day that is what happens through the chosen one through anakin skywalker and i think that honestly the choice of wording you know board of no father and through him ultimate balance of the forces restored i i think it's intentionally vague and i think it ends up working very perfectly for the ray skywalker ending that a lot of people hate (laughs) yeah yeah there we go that's that yeah, it works with that. It w- it works within the context of that. Nev- Without it, it's still lost. I'll um I'll never defend Rise of Skywalker, but you did a good job of trying your best there. Hey, I think I've made <laughs> I I, I, I think I've made some valid points here. This is a. I just some- hope that those were the points that they were trying to hit. You know what? That's the thing. I can never tell with Star Wars because there are so many. There's so much of it that exists that any parallel I find Chris, is purely this is coincidental. The this is the problem. They don't have any idea, and they just let schmucks like you just make shit up, connect the pieces, and they're like, "Yeah, that was our, that was our plan I don't, from hey, the beginning." I, they, it was not their plan from the beginning. It was certainly not. But yeah. what matters is 
honestly, this is going to be a weird take, but like the movies are almost supplementary to a lot of other content that exists because the yeah. movies can only cover so much. It tends to be the shows and the books and, the, and everything else that expands on it. And the thing is that sometimes the authors who pick up the books and they work there and that thing, they pick up on really small details and they expand those details and they expand those connections. And that's what they do. Uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, right? It's a book entirely about Count Dooku's time training under Yoda and, and it's not even his fault to the dark side, but really him leaving the order, right? And that's something that, that like that, and he, specifically, I think the Lost 21, right? That Dooku was a part of, these Jedi yeah. masters who left the order. That is something that only exists within the deleted scene for Attack of the Clones that did not make it into the final cut. And that's a detail that can be expanded and worked on by other authors who work on the franchise. You know what I mean? To say Dooku had a legitimate reason for leaving. Yes, yes. I think even in Legends or Canon, he had some great reasons. Um, I I think Dooku stuff works works really well, especially with this book. I think it really helped flesh it out. It's supposed they to get should, a sequel. They should make a movie on him or a show. I, I would like something. I don't know if he'd ever get a movie or a show. I think it's going to be relegated to books. Yeah, this book is probably getting a sequel. So it de um, depends what Disney does. I mean, like they're going to keep making spinoffs and other characters if people watch it. So they will. They will. I just I feel like Dooku's pretty low on the totem pole. Yeah, he definitely is. I just like him a lot. As a I like character. I like him a lot, too. I feel like the Clone Wars actually does him uh, a little bit boring. You know, they kind of just make him very I'm big bad guy. Yeah, he doesn't get to have the depth he has in other content, um, which is, you know, why earlier I said some of the villains get shafted him and Grievous, who I'm referring to. Uh, Grievous yeah. definitely more than him. Yeah, Grievous way more than him. Grievous doesn't get shit. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's my rant on the Mortis arc. That's how I feel it ties into the larger saga. That's why I feel it's incredibly important. Uh, there you go. There you go. That's that. Thank you. That was, that was I'll a good rant. I'll, 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 I'll let I you guys talk very, for a little bit. Very, uh, educated. <laughs> Enlightened. No problem. Say. That's that's the will of the force and all that. <laughs> yeah, God, sure. <laughs> God. Uh, on to season four. Yeah, I think you covered everything. It is uh, that was season three covered pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I think you covered everything, especially with that arc. There's nothing more I can add to that. It is a great arc seeing uh, uh, that whole dilemma. Yeah, and the prophecy, and just hearing fucking the Vader's breathing. Yes, like, when... so early in the show, it's as a as a nod. Oh yeah, he's coming. It's like oh, that's hype as hell. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, it's also just super fucking trippy. That arc is just a visual like. There's so much fucking like I like when Star Wars shows its weird side, you know, like when it shows the really weird force shit, because that that, that yeah. stuff's always really interesting to me. And when we never get that in the movies, the literal closest to weird force shit I think we've gotten in the movies is probably the uh, essence transfer from Rise of Skywalker. Honestly, I can't think of anything else that really runs into that vein at all. Like, obviously, like the, the cave of Dagobah, uh, the dark side cave in The Last Jedi. Those are like just nexuses, though. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that really gets that weird point. And like, I love when Star Wars does that shit. Yeah, it's also, I also love when Star Wars is grounded and gritty as hell. So I fucking love the Umbara arc. Uh, Shadow it's time for Umbara. Wait, is it time for Umbara? It's time for Umbara, Tommy. You can come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. All right. Excited. Okay. Umbara is one of the greatest pieces of Star Wars media we have ever seen. Oh, yeah. for, anyone, for anyone who doesn't know, let me give you a quick recap. This is a arc dedicated to the clones and how they... It is the 501st yep. under the new command of Pon Krell after Pong, Anakin has Pong to leave. Krell. Yep. You, you say potato, I say pawn. It's, it's the same. It's the same. I mean, potato. It, That's the it, difference. This is, 
Does the general deserve the respect though after what he did? No, he's no, a piece of shit. And I kind of wonder what happens to him after. Well, not 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 him. I'm sorry. I'm referring to I thought, that you know what happens to him. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about I'm thinking <laughs> about a little talking. bit of something else. We'll get to that in a second. Point of the story is Krell is the type of person that he doesn't care about the clones. They are tools. Yep. Whereas Anakin sees them as individuals. So Krell just throws Rex and his legion at these Umbarans who, it's essentially Vietnam. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Vietnam. They are, it's going Vietnam. Into, they are going into a situation they are unprepared for. They don't know the environment and the enemy around, and the enemy is literally fucking everywhere. And Rex makes many different moves to try to keep his people alive throughout this series throughout this arc oftentimes going 100 against krell and it is so fucking good the best best part of this show is when he realize is when the clones start firing at each other and rex runs out taking off his helmet into and- enemy fires screaming we're shooting our own man everybody stop stop and that's when they realize like, I- the, this is where the music i first noticed it because it swells in such an epic way here and oh oh i love umbara man i uh oh god it that's like one of those scenes that still gives me chills when Rex, like he, he finds a body of one of the enemy supposed enemy troops. He lifts off the mask and see it's just another clone. And it's like, yeah, like that moment of realization is fucking heartbreaking. It's like, Oh, what are we doing out here? Yeah. yeah. And, and like, he, he like gathers up his own troops and they have that badass fucking March up to Pong Krell's base where they're going to fucking, Oh, he puts him. He like, uh, he's like, you're under arrest for the, uh, you know, treason against the Republic. It's like, Holy shit. This arc is, it's- this arc is something else, man. And they're clones, like, and they still manage to take out Krell, who wields two double-bladed lightsabers. Which I don't know if you guys know; those things are not fucking light. Yeah, those they're things heavy weigh, too. There's a reason why like, most of them use only one. Yeah, <laughs> like 99 out of 100 people use one double-bladed lightsaber. Yeah, and this, and he's wielding two like it's nothing, and yet they still manage to take him down. Granted, at a great loss to their own men. Yeah, I think this is another episode that highlights clone individuality. Yep. Um, because we actually have a clone who's totally like, for the most part, on Palinkrell's side for most yeah, of the episode. Dogma. Dogma. That's his name. Dogma. Yes. Dogma is on Pong Krell's side for most of the episode until he realizes exactly what's going on. And in the end, um, makes the ultimate sacrifice of killing yeah. him because Rex he knows was, that he's yeah. going to go to jail. If yeah. you killing Pong Krell is an act of treason. Yeah. Um, but he does it. And it's, it's and such a good Rex moment. Rex gives him that nod right at the end. Yeah. Like when he's being dragged away. Oh, like, it's so good. Oh. I, there, there's a lot of rumors of seeing a lot of clones in the Bad Batch, right? Yeah. Um, the one that I think so far has been seen most likely is the clone cut from season two, the clone who left the Republic army and started a family with, uh, Oh yeah. 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 Twi'lek? Yeah. I don't remember his yeah. name, but yeah. Cut. His name is cut. Oh, okay. Um, cut. yeah. So he's a very likely one. People think we're going to see people are thinking Cody. Cause we already have know Rex guys... is in the show. Some people want dogma. I want dogma. I want have dogma. you guys seen the trailer for this? I've not. I've avoided it. Okay. Then I, I watched will... it once. I I can tell you some things if you want. No, 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 no. Don't tell me anything, please. All I okay. all I know is I know I know Rex is in it. 
right? That's that, that's what I'm aware. That's of. that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Is okay, Rex yeah, yeah. Is in it. yeah. I know so. Rex is in it. I, I there's I've heard rumor of Ahsoka showing up later in production, but that's iffy. I kind of don't want to, but mm. I think it's kind of likely that we will. I don't I don't want it, but I think it'll happen. Um, I've heard a rumor plot wise about certain things that I'm not gonna say here. I mean, I've heard I've heard bits and pieces, you know, yeah. got my ear to the ground, but I, I've avoided the actual visuals of the trailer. Because anything that I hear, can I just say, well, it's probably just bullshit, and I'll still be surprised. Um, is this also the uh, the first arc where Fives is in? No, like, Fives, is, Fives is part of the core. Yeah. Fives is part of the core. The poor. Um, well, this is, I mean, like this is where he kind of has a bit more screen time. I mean, he he becomes an arc trooper at the end of arc trooper in season three. But I guess this is the first time we see him as a whole arc. Tro- actually, no, because in season three, we actually skipped over the Citadel rescue arc. Where oh, yeah, Echo yeah, yeah. Echo seemingly gives his life, yeah. um, and Fives and Echo are both in that arc as well as the last two troops of their original battalion. And then in season four with this arc, uh, we see Fives as a arc trooper, pretty much second only to Captain Rex. Yep. Um, and I fuck it's fucking. I mean, honestly, just seeing that, like watching his story unfold, uh, especially the further it gets, and and then you know him and Echo, yeah. and then Echo, Echo uh, we'll get there, won't we? We'll get, we'll there. get there. Next arc, um, I like I like the Cadavo, the Cadavo arc. I think it's fun um, with the slavers. I think it's interesting because it's yeah. It's I think anti- the, the whole slavery part that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, good. Just gotta, it's it's I'm okay. Just it's it's okay if you're talking about Star Wars. It's really bad if you're talking about American history. Yeah, I'm just gonna cut um, that, uh, isolate that vocal, <laughs> leave the other part out. I, I'm saying this because it's interesting to have Anakin pretty much face to face against the thing he hates most. Yeah, it is the thing that kept him away from his mother. The thing that killed his mother. You know, basically, you know what I mean. Keeping her on Tatooine. Um, I think that's what that that arc I think is just great for his character. Again, we get to see him go further dark side to the point that he's kind of about to murk the queen. <laughs> Yeah. You know, season four um, is when you see him cracking, right? I think you see him cracking even earlier. You see him cracking in one of the Mandalorian you, episodes. There's one. It's the one with Satine where he just straight up he straight backstabs works the, guy. the guy. And his and, shadow and is o- the shadow of Vader. And you hear yeah. Vader's theme play. And Obi-Wan just looks at him and Anakin's like, what? He was going to blow up the ship. What the hell was I supposed to do, Obi-Wan? You're going to stand there and like fuck your girlfriend in, <laughs> what, when we're floating in space? No, no. Oh, I'm going to kill this guy and save us all. Yeah. I might be paraphrasing a little bit there, but I'm pretty sure. No, that's, I, think I think that's, that's a, a quote. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure it's an pretty, exact quote. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to brag here, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty good at what I do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Tyler, you really like the Obi Wan undercover arc. Great arc, but Tyler, I think you like it especially. Do you want to cover that one? Yeah, that's the one that starts with. It doesn't start with the box. Is that with deception? Yeah, it's not. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, in deception. Um, uh, Obi-Wan fakes his death in order to get more information uh, on this plot that involves kidnapping uh, Palpatine. So he basically is hanging out with Cad Bane. Uh, he's hanging out with Cad Bane. They eventually trust each other because he's disguised. And my favorite part of the whole arc is the box is when Dooku basically has this tournament of bounty hunters and they're trying to solve this puzzle box. And it's basically a mix between like Saw and something else, but like it's really cool. Yeah, I, I it's a it's a whole great arc, honestly. Especially Anakin's side of it as he is losing his fucking shit. Yeah, uh, thinking Obi Wan's dead and about to go full fucking Vader and rampage the shit on these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. just going after the sniper who quote unquote killed the Obi Wan, and nobody informed Obi Wan. Uh, not Obi Wan. Nobody informed Anakin that. Yeah, it was just a point. You know, like maybe not the best idea. 
No, they did it the reason of, oh, uh, Anakin's emotions to Obi-Wan would sell that he's actually dead. If he knew that, like, they thought that Anakin can act, basically. That's basically I mean, yeah, he, he can't. Can he can't. He's too fucking emotional, right? That's, that's his big issue. Um, I mean, it's not really his issue. It's more an issue with the Jedi Order. But that's that's a discussion for the prequel episode. Let's not get into that. Yeah, Jedi yeah. Order's got a lot of issues. The Jedi Order is inherently flawed. That was, They've the, always that was had George it Luke. for thousands I, of years. One well, they showed that not even show. I, I think in the show. they showed in the show, but um, some people. So there's the current High Republic um, that Disney's been doing, which shows the Jedi Order truly at their best. This is after the Sith Wars. Yeah. After the Mandalorian. And during the Old Republic, it was still the same problems. Yeah. That Old happened. Republic, exact same problems, right? Even probably even worse. So considering they're at constant war with. Yeah, everybody. yeah it was actually even yeah, worse than the fucking Max scenes. I think even got in, got in on this shit. Everybody. I mean, you got you had the whole shit. Mandalorian war where it was just yeah. like the revenants. No, we should just we should just let them fight the yeah. Mandalorians and Republic. Just, just let, let it happen. It's fun. And then the half Crusades, the Jedi just break off. The Eternal <laughs> Empire. Yeah. Eternal just, Empire is weird. I don't like yeah. that. It's Legends. Uh, it's probably going to come back in some form. I hope it doesn't. It's weird. Again, canon, canon is just modified Legends. Like, the all the, the Ahsoka and Angels of the New Republic Mandalorian crossover that's going to come out, it's going to be Heir to the Empire. We already know Thrawn's yeah. going to be in it. It's going to be Heir to the Empire. The sequel trilogy, it's Dark Empire. We We know this. Like, Canon is just a very modified version of Legends. Yeah, because but that's Legends like the one was thing really I didn't un- like about the Old Republic was just the Eternal Empire. I thought it was just eh. no. I agree. I agree. It's weird. What's his name? Darth Vitoris. Uh, or, the Old Republic's a bit Darth, of a blind spot for me. Vi Scout. He's got a what? or something like that. He's yeah. Got a what? <laughs> what does he got? A Vitoris. That's disgusting, Chris. <laughs> or no. Uh, Valkorian. That was his name. Valkorian. There you go. Valkorian. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit messy. Oh. I, I we'll, right. we'll see when they handle okay. the Old Republic. All right. Quick little side side bit. Who's your favorite Sith? Like, who's your favorite Sith? Favorite of like Sith? all time or like? Of like all time. I know Faison's answer. Who it has it to be what I think it is. What do you think it is? I think it's going to say Revan. No, I don't think so. Really? I oh, actually, I'm a big fan of Darth Malgus. R- Malgus? Yeah. Wow. That's that's a hot take. I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy. This is good. I like this. I'm more of a uh I'm much more of a nihilist type of guy. A uh, world eater as like he's also good too. Damn. Nihilus is pretty cool. Or are you or, Tyler? Uh, or Darth Treya, sorry. Ooh, yeah, favorite Sith. Treya. Don't look at me for this. If no, the, Tyler, I, what's your favorite Sith? Do you want Vader? Me to, I, yeah, I was about to say. Ooh, ooh, Vader. I don't know. I've only watched the movies in this show, so I got very limited knowledge here. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of Sith alive in that time. Yeah. There's like three or four. And even if they're not alive, like, it, what do you got? Veda, you got uh, Dooku. Darth Tyrannus, please, Tyler. Use his respect. Use his Sith name. Yeah, cool. and Sidious. And City and Maul. And Maul. Uh, I, so, I, mean, like, I mean, technically speaking, Plagueis is probably alive at the time of the Phantom Menace, maybe. According to the Plagueis book, he was. But that's Legends, and we, and we don't have a canon cover for it yet. So Yeah, so I got limited options there, so. I mean, if you wanted me to actually pick one, it's probably gonna be Vader, though. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna pick Maul as actually my favorite Sith. Vader, I like Anakin's probably my favorite character, but I like him because of the arc from Anakin to Vader per se. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I, mean, uh, if I, I had to wa- pick. Go ahead. If I had to pick a time as Sith, it, it or even although again, you could argue that Maul was no longer Sith after the Phantom Menace because Palpatine's basically like Formerly I'm kind of over you. Yeah, now you just know. Maul. Yeah, but like he also has like some one of the the best fucking revenge story ever, and his final fight with um a character. I God, I, I actually forgot. I can't completely spoil shit. His fights are really good. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, like he was he's up there, too, but that's just entirely after watching Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, uh, secondary material uh, constantly supports the primary material in this in this franchise. This is a franchise that pays you back more for the more you watch it. The more of it you've seen, every little thing you watch suddenly gets a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of things, uh, Massacre, uh, the Night Sisters kind of continuous episode with Ventress where her entire planet gets fucking murked. Yeah. Uh, great episode. Dooku and Grievous were just like, nah. Nah, fuck you, you Mother Talzin. We're done. We're done with this shit, Mother Talzin. We're done. Yeah. Um, great episode. It sets up some stuff that comes into play on uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, you actually meet a survivor of the Night Sister Massacre who was like 10 years old at the time and was able to escape. Um, it has a lot of fucking revenge complexes for it. Yeah. Uh, I see a drawing, but I can't actually make you larger, Tommy. Could you speak so it becomes bigger on my screen? Sure. Yeah. It's ba- I drew you saying, <laughs> saying Rise of Skywalker is great. I don't think it's great. I the think there's like, again, uncanny. I think there are two great Star Wars movies. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me add the eyebrows. Let me add the really caterpillar-like eyebrows. I don't even here. have that thick so, eyebrows. What, are you giving so, him the Scorsese eyebrows? Yeah, he's giving me no. Scorsese eyebrows. Here, better image, better shot for you. You can at least get my likeness, mu- right? I forgot your mustache and beard. Give Thank me a second. You. No, but the camera so, was a little high. Don't worry, we'll post this on the Twitter. No, post this on the Twitter. I I think it's I think it's I don't think it's great. I don't think it's this horrible movie that people like to pretend it is in comparison to the rest of Sky Star Wars. Um, yeah, I think most of Star Wars is kind of fucking dumpster fire. Did you see the first act of Return of the Jedi? That's true. Most of Star Wars is just bad. Yeah, I think about it. The prequels are a mess. Return of the Jedi is a mess. Uh, I think Force Awakens is just kind I mean, of fucking my favorite boring. Star Wars content has been games. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I completely I like. I get that. Fallen Order. I I, hate it. I I hate it. I love the story. Yeah, I hate the gameplay. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I can, and I love Dark Souls. Like, I think that is a great game. I love Monster Hunter. That is yeah. my favorite game of all time. That makes sense. That game, like, I legitimately had to walk away from it several times. Yeah, really? Tyler's like, seen me try to play the first 30 minutes. Like I played it for like 30 minutes and I just walk away. I couldn't this is, more. Like, this he is went on loops for like half an hour before being pissed off. The, the map sucks. Like that's like I can I give that 100 percent The map's fucking garbage. Um, I don't know. It wasn't too bad. I played it on I didn't play it on the hardest difficulty. I played it on second hardest. So maybe it gets like just really bad the worse you get. But uh I I, I cleared it in like two or three days after work. It was I, I really enjoyed it. I really I enjoyed it. I just wasn't the biggest fan of it. That's fair. Hey, different strokes, different folks. That's fair. Um, but yeah, did I mean, you this just say to me, this you just the fuck to me? <laughs> this, this arc sets that up a little bit. Uh, there's also a bounty yeah. where we see Ventress becoming a bounty hunter and also working yeah. with young Boba, which is not what I ever expected. Like, never expected that to happen. Never would expect again. Somebody pure, please read Dark Disciple. It's really good. Um, somebody out there, please. <laughs> it's really good. Can't be the only one. Just yelling out into the void. I really am. I really am. Um, we also get the start. Of the Maul arc, yeah. <laughs> Savage finds Darth Maul. They have a little finds brotherly his, finds his brother. Yeah, and it's so good. And oh god, it's, it sets up all the way like, into the premiere let's season. Kill Obi Wan. <laughs> I I want revenge. He I took his master. He took my legs. I think we're a little uneven. So I'm going to take everything he loves on this earth, and then keep going. I truly wonder what would happen to Maul if he finishes getting his revenge. I don't think I don't think there was anything left for him at that point. If he truly got his, because like by the time we see him 
in Rebels. He he thinks he doesn't really. I don't think he's even aware that Obi Wan's alive anymore. Yeah, and he he's just a, he just yeah. assumes he's dead. Yeah, and he's just like a fucking cobble of a mess until he realizes there's still a chance for revenge. Like I truly think that Maul would have just rotted away of old age if he truly got his revenge at any point. He's I fucking love Maul, man. He's yeah, so he's, he's so single minded. It's crazy that you can write a character like, that is I so. I want to kill Obi Wan. That's I have, it. I have one and goal, and I will keep a, doing it. It is such a testament to the show. Like I I never I never watched this show when it aired. But I remember the commercials hyping this up yeah. as one of the greatest returns of all time. People, people hated it, by the way. Oh, I don't remember that. But they hated it. it. <laughs> yeah, because like, oh, you're bringing back Maul back to death. You're really ruining his character. What fucking character? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? All his, his, his three grunts in The Phantom Menace because they cut all of his dialogue. The, But it is what Filoni... And Lucas did with this character was incredible. A hundred percent. Like he got his moments of fame in these series. In, yep. Um, uh, what the fuck's this called? Clone Wars, and then follow up in Rebels. When he was in Solo, I thought that was just Disney beating a dead horse here. Like, gee, by that point, spoiler alert. He dies eventually, as shocking as that sounds. Who would have guessed? You think he comes back in a, in a new body or something and would say, comes like a zombie person? <laughs> but at this point, the um, so at the point when Solo came out, Mole was dead. So it was just like, why? Why are you bringing him back here? It, yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the timing of it. His spider legs <laughs> were a bit weird. Very a bit weird. much. Maybe I like it. I like it, it as weird. fun. It's fun, but it's fucking weird and kind of stupid. Like the, most of Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that's weird in a that's weird in a good way, though. I think it's just weird. I, truthfully, I think it's like he had spider legs and he was working with this worm, no. and he's just like it's like a fucking episode <laughs> of Charlotte's Web. It's just Speaking really fucking weird. Speaking of which, Tyler is the worm. That's the character that I think Tyler would be most. Oh, uh, one hanging out with Maul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the worm. Savage. You'd be the Not one the well, slithering yeah, around. Yeah, guarding spot. She's like, "Hey, Maul, can I eat the scraps?" Like, ah, oh, fuck, you didn't kill this one, did you? <laughs> I might have uh, overstepped my boundaries here. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun worm. Joy. All right. Then they, t- and then immediately they start going on a rampage. Oh, no. literally just taking over all the crime families in the fucking universe. As many yeah. as, as everything but the huts, basically, they unify. They become the second biggest crime family. Yeah, they 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 become Crimson Dawn, right? Because they unify the Pikes. The um, what were the names of the guy from Shadow of the Empire? Uh, Prince Prince Scizor. Uh, what the fuck were their oh, names? I'll, I'll look it there. up. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Yeah, me Shadow of the Empire organization. I keep forgetting the banking clan. No, not the banking clan. They're with the separatists. It's uh, it's a crime family. Shadow, shadow something. Yeah, I got a Sh- shadow collective. Shadow collective, maybe, maybe. I can't remember. That's actually. the only one I see. Shadow. Yeah, collective. it's probably shadow collective. Yeah, the shadow collective. Um, yes, it is shadow collective. Yeah, he unites the shadow. Well, he cre- I'm sorry, he creates the shadow collective, and he unites um, Black Sun. That's who I'm thinking about. Uh, the Knight Brothers. Pike Syndicate, God, this, a bunch of the De- Death Watch. He gets Death Watch pretty much working alongside him for revenge against Kenobi. Yeah, which uh, happens in season five. Yeah, also happens later in the season. And he actually takes control of some of the huts, not all of them, because the huts are because huts are tough to beat. So the only thing you can tell me is that I'll find Jabba in Jabba's, Jabba's palace. palace. 
Such a good oh line. Oh my god. One of the best characters in the show we forgot to talk about. Snipes Embo. Noodles? Oh. Okay, two different characters. Okay. I thought you were talking about Snipes Noodles for a second. Chris, you would love my roommate, Aaron. I'm just, <laughs> you would really get along with my roommate, man. What's his Don't opinion tell. on the sequel trilogy? I'm going to be honest with you. Never really talked to him about it. Interesting. Okay, very yeah. curious. 50-50 shot, you know what? Anyway, what character were you talking about? I'm talking about Embo, the bounty hunter with the hell with the uh the sh- the Mortal Kombat hat. And he has the dog later yeah. on this season. The I think it's Corellian Hound, maybe? It might not be a Corellian Hound. Embo's sure. dog. Uh, sure. Embo's Kombat. dog is not a Corellian Hound. I'm sorry, I forgot. It is a I'm not it's a it's it's an uh a Anuba. <laughs> I fucking love these Star Wars names, man. They're so bad. They are. And fucking Anuba. Oh my god. Yeah, Embo is great. Um, he actually comes back in one of the books a little bit. I really like his time there in uh the aftermath trilogy. Uh another a character I was referring to, Snice Noodles, is a lounge singer for Jabba the Hutt who murders Zero the Hutt. Um, and we eventually see in Return of the Jedi's uh <laughs> fucking special editions singing her life as she does oh. how can y'all forget nice noodles come on yeah i just forgot it yeah. it's, it's it's that meme you sent me tyler of every time a star wars character gets shoe blank is back that's just me it's nice noodles man every time nice noodles shows up and can- if you say a name enough it starts to just sound weird doesn't it yeah. oh you think <laughs> uh, can i go now i don't really want to finish this anymore <laughs> I don't really yeah, feel comfortable. Well, yeah, what do you got, man? Uh, um, where the fuck were we? All right, anyways, moving on. Season uh, five. Season five, yeah, we're on season yeah. five. Onderon arc is only made notable because it has Saw Gerrera in it for the yeah, first time. Otherwise, otherwise of, of don't no really care about it that much. Same. It's supposed to like pay off like the tension between Ahsoka and um that guy whose name I don't fucking care enough to remember. Her, yeah. her white crush. Yeah, don't, don't remember him either. It's pretty irrelevant. But Saul Guerrero uh, shows up. He later shows up in Rogue One, in Rebels, yeah. in Fallen Order. He's like he's kind of been everywhere at this point. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty fun. Uh, you get the Jedi younglings. Only notable because, because a, Anakin all of these, kills them all. Because yeah, all these children have to die at <laughs> yeah. some point. Wait, hold also, on. Side note to that: the main guy, not the main guy, the like, what's the kid's name? The guy in the his first... name is Ray Tyler. Okay, no, give me what he looks like. No, is the he... kid who uh, was gonna like, who was an asshole and thought, oh, oh I found the crystal immediately. Yeah, he's a human. Okay, yeah, the only. The I only found the crystal human. immediately. And then... Yeah, when he f- thought he found the crystal immediately, but it was just ice, and then he had to yeah. run back and do it again. Yeah, that guy's voiced by Jeff Fisher, who is Jeff Fisher from American Dad, and the entire time I'm like, is is this what Jeff was doing when he went in space? Is this <laughs> did we just forget this whole lock in American Dad that we just didn't see? This is what he was doing. Because you haven't seen American Dad, have you? Not at all. That's why I oh. let you sit in the silence. There's a, there's I, I, a, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. There's a Tyler. whole plot point where Roger throws Jeff into space, and for like four seasons, you he's in space, and you can get a few, a few episodes of him out there. This doing is stuff genuinely must be how you feel when I talk about Star Wars, because you're just saying names, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just... <laughs> I okay. have to say, like the all first like right. three arcs of this uh, just, uh, season kind of just yeah. Man. So the only thing that's the this. only thing that's notable about the youngling arc is that they go to the planet Ilum. Yeah. Um, this planet would eventually become Starkiller Base. They its natural deposit of kyber crystals made it possible for such uh, powerful weaponry. Uh, 
So yeah. only real thing that of note that I honestly have with it. There's also a Jedi temple there back in the days. Yeah, yeah. There's it's an ancient Jedi temple, and, yeah. and then it eventually gets taken over by the, the Empire and then the First Order afterwards because it's in the yeah. unknown regions. Um, you get then Gregor you get, in this one. That's yeah. cool. He's that's a commando. It's cool. interesting. Gregor's a commando. He's really cool. Um, he has amnesia, and he shows but the up only in problem is like it, oh, the last two arcs of this season are just so good. The, the droid arc is amazing. It's George the... Lucas's favorite arc of the series. I which don't blame him. It, it, it's it's part of why I feel like George Lucas is. Although I, I I like the arc, like I don't mind it, right? But I feel like George Lucas is out of touch with the percent of the fan base that wants nothing but the Vader hallway sequence. When this is his favorite arc in the show, where a little alien in a droid leads his other droids on a mission. <laughs> That's his favorite story in the whole fucking right. show. Okay, okay, but enough what? about this baby talk. Enough about this baby talk. No more baby shit here. Yeah, the final arc of this season. Final and two actually, arcs. Uh, was the arc before? Okay, the final. Well, I'm talking about the final arc of this season. Maybe if you know what I'm talking about. No, no, who there, cares? There's, there's even, two important uh, ones, though. I don't even. Yeah. The one you're you're going to ignore, you're gonna ignore the mall arc. Are you ignoring the mall arc or are you fuck forgetting the, the Ahsoka? Fuck the mall arc. Fuck the mall arc. Let's talk about the mall arc. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, fuck you. Mall becomes fucking Mandalore, challenging Pre Vizsla. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. That's this. Oh, see, you do want to talk about it? Now he suddenly cares. Now he suddenly cares. I remember watching like like a Star like it was like Comic Con or Star Wars Celebration, like Filoni with like Sam Witwer and Ashley Eckstein. They were on stage talking about Clone Wars and stuff, and Filoni was all like, "Yeah, this yeah, I'm kind of glad the series got canceled here because we were we were going down a really dark path." Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we got really, to go down, and that's such an like he does admit how yeah we kind of got a little too dark at the end there and uh <laughs> yeah it got really dark here yeah. there is such a rumor out there full di- there is such a rumor and i've yet to find it that there is a cut of this show where you actually see Vizsla's head on the ground because I've when they cut back when they cut back from it you don't see it it's just gone and oh another thing way early on in the series when ventress like stabs the one clone and like kisses him you know mm-hmm. what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. that scene isn't on disney plus either just they a, cut that just, one off disney plus that's not on disney plus that's it, it was dumb. it was on netflix yeah it was not mm. on disney plus that's so weird that's in the camino arc i think right i believe so i think yes. so yeah that's a shame but, well, it doesn't really matter but it's a bit of a weird cut <laughs> But going back to Mandalore, Obi Wan is the greatest Jedi that has ever lived. I don't necessarily. I, I, he's the greatest Jedi of the prequel era. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's, not you, right. he's not reflective he's of what one. a Jedi should be. He is reflective I, of what the Jedi uh, are in their time. He's still too dogmatic. To he wasn't a good teacher to Anakin the entire time. That's what Qui Gon was afraid of. I disagree wholeheartedly. He no, did everything humanly possible. I disagree. I can actually prove Anakin. to you very easily why that's not true. Let me let me finish my bit first. Then finish you your bit first. Yes, wrong. Yes, then I'll prove you wrong. He has been through so much fucking trauma and shit. He he left the woman 
who he loved. He watched his master be killed in front of him. He watched his own apprentice fall. He survived a war. He managed to, he watched his, the woman he loved be violently killed in front of him. And, he's, and then she died in, in her, in his arms. Yeah. Much like his master. And yeah. he still. And his greatest enemy. And he still didn't fall. Later in Rebels, when he faces off against Maul, it's not with malice or revenge. It is with, I'd even say pity here, of just of recognition of, I, 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 the words are failing me here. Obi-Wan is amazing. I agree. Now, why am I wrong? So Obi-Wan is amazing. He's fantastic. Um, but there are certain things I feel like you're not looking at here. Okay. One, I do not think Obi-Wan was a good teacher to Anakin. I'll support this first with uh, pretty much reasoning by George Lucas. Have you ever, you know, the, 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 in The Phantom Menace, the best fight of The Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Maul, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That piece of music is called, the piece of music that plays is called Duel of the Fates. No. Do you know why, huh? You're kidding. Okay, so you guys, I mean, you know this, right? You're kidding. No, okay. I, no. Really? Explain it, explain it to me. In full detail, please break down every... I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you. I can't. I couldn't tell, man. I couldn't tell. I would. Here's the thing. Do you ever think about why that song's called Duel of the Fates in that particular scene? Because it's a sick fucking title. No. Yeah, that's it. Because that fight for Qui-Gon and against Qui-Gon and Darth Maul is for the fate of Anakin. If Qui-Gon wins, he trains Anakin as he intended. Qui-Gon is the greatest Jedi of his time. He is the closest to what a Jedi should be. He is not dogmatic. He's closer to a wayfinder. He does not fall prey to the ways of the Jedi Council. He is more aware than they are of both the light and the dark side of the force. And Dave Filoni says, he confirmed this in an interview, it's called the Duel of the Fates because it is ultimately, even if not directly, it is a fight for how Anakin is going, how the, how the chosen one is going to live his life. If Maul wins, the wrong person is going to train Anakin, an inexperienced person who's too young and ill-prepared, too dogmatic and too close to the Jedi. Or if Qui-Gon wins, someone who understands both the nuances of the light and the dark, someone who is ready for this responsibility will be able to train him. And in the end, Qui-Gon loses. The duel of the fates is won by the dark side and Obi-Wan ends up taining Anakin. And that is the worst case scenario here. Because as we see of episode two, Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan doesn't treat Anakin like an equal in, in any which way. He treats him like a child. He treats him as if he knows better, despite the fact that Obi-Wan's trials were never really completed. He was pretty much still a Padawan during the Phantom Menace, and he was only escalated to a Jedi Knight after his master passed away. And he also never actually, he fought a Sith. And also he fought Sith. a Sith, right? He never actually took his proper Jedi trials. Obi-Wan is a result of the Jedi as they were. He's not a result of what they should be. That's what Qui-Gon was. And ultimately, that type of mindset and that mentality is what causes him to fail Anakin. He says it himself, I failed you. And this even is more prevalent post-prequel trilogy because by the time we get to the original trilogy, what do he and Yoda tell Luke to do about Vader? They tell him that he has to kill him. They don't believe that there's a chance for him. They don't believe that there's any hope for I mean, handling this. Granted. They're, they're, they have reason to believe that. They have reason yeah. to believe that. Don't get me wrong. But that doesn't mean they're right to believe that. And certainly they aren't. He because... blew up a whole planet. Sure. This is on that uh, Vader did nothing wrong. Side. No, Vader did lots wrong. Vader did lots wrong. But Luke but that, still held out hope for him. That's not the, like, the Jedi way. 
is not the Jedi. It should not yeah. be the Jedi. Yeah. And Luke Gents, understood that. And I'm going to cut you off. Okay. I'm switching over between devices. Just let me back in. I'll be back in three <laughs> seconds. My phone's about to die. Uh, no problem. I didn't, I, didn't ex- I didn't expect to sit here for the entire time. But I had to give out are. my TED Talks. So this is, this is the day. Uh, but yeah, during that sequence, they both tell him that there is no hope for Anakin. There's nothing he can do. But it's kind of like Avatar, right? Yeah. Where he's going to the spirits of the past. And he's what like, what I do? Murder the fuck out of him. All right, what, what I don't want to do that. It's not that's not the way I should do this as a monk. Right. And that's pretty much what Luke says, that I still have there is I still have faith that I can save him. And that's the Jedi way. Yep. Ultimately, Obi-Wan, a great Jedi, a fantastic character. But to say he's like what a Jedi should be is kind of misreading the saga yeah i agree definitely misreading a lot of like a lot of a lot of what we know the jedi can be at their best right now that's definitely getting explored a lot right now especially in the high republic they're just less dogmatic they are more understanding they're more open to knowledge and it's clear that whatever is going to happen in these books is going to set them down the path where they become more closed off and more uh I don't want to say militant, but more susceptible to militancy, right? Yeah. Um, and and Obi-Wan is ultimately a result in that. Because, like, he does continue to deny his feelings to Satine the entire time. Despite, because he because the Jedi believes that... Because he can't, yeah. yeah. The Jedi believe that these feelings are a bad thing, that these feelings are negative. Whereas in the past, they used to understand that, well, you can't care for the universe unless you care for the universe and everyone in him these emotions are natural it's about not being overwhelmed by these emotions and and falling into these passions like the sith do right that was the distinction and and obi-wan never got to have that because he was raised in what even with trigon as qui-gon as his teacher he was raised in trigon whoa bit of a crossover here even with qui-gon as his teacher he was raised in this way of the jedi order so that's Mm -hmm. why i say he's not uh the perfect jedi Maybe, maybe uh, he's probably one of the best. He's the best Jedi of his era, of the Clone Wars era. Like in, in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, they call it the age of heroes coming to an end. Mm. And he is the best Jedi of that time. But to say he's the best Jedi is, I think, incorrect. But is he portrayed? I don't think he's portrayed as the best. Like all the points you said are shown in the movies. And, I agree. And the... I agree. I think, again, I think it's a lot. The Clone Wars is a lot of heavy lifting here, right? Mm. Showing him constantly resisting the dark side. Maul kind of wants to like i want to break you it's like a bane moment yeah. i want to break I mean, the and, bat and he kind of almost did he almost does but he and it, but obi-wan still resists that so yeah. he is again one of the best jedi of his time but still a result of a flawed system that needed to be okay. changed I, i'll give you that one of i'll, I'll give you that yeah you. i'll oh, give it man to I'm, you. I'm getting a lot of wins here honestly i'm just like racking them up again the championship <laughs> belt of star wars dude now oh, i can't wait until you say something but stupid. I can- I, I'm Which, holding, I'm holding, I got nothing but canon choices here, man. I still, now we get to my favorite character in all of Star Wars. And I'm talking about, oh, I forgot her name. It was a, <laughs> I was going to have a Bear joke. Zombie. No. Slice noodles. Well, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Satine's sister. Bo Katan. Bo Katan. How the fuck yeah. did I forget that one? Yeah. I was gonna make a bit about that, but no, I'm moving on to the Ahsoka arc because. Well, also the... Savage dies. Oh yeah, Savage got murdered. Oh my like, god, yeah. we didn't even talk about that. Pal- <laughs> Palpatine kidnapped Maul. Yeah, <laughs> kind of forgot when, about that. The show Pal- kind of forgot about that too, though. So Pal- to be fair, Palpatine's like sitting there, all like, 
oh yeah this is yeah yeah i gotta go fix this i'll be right back yeah. talking to the big blue guy he's like where are you going <laughs> help me? i'll be back in five minutes keep the ship running i gotta just clean up some fucking garbage and it's <laughs> palpatine it's such a really cool scene don't get me wrong i absolutely love how fucking overpowered palpatine is but it's it's still weird to see such an old man just like <laughs> just flying of... around. I mean, I think that's you the know, way a lot of people felt when they saw Yoda the first time fighting around this tiny little. He's like tiny, so like it, yeah, it, bouncing like... around like a ping. I mean, it felt weird for a lot. I've seen a lot of people say it felt really weird watching that in Attack of the Clones for the first time. Um, like just the, the Yoda you see in Empire, this old man bashing yeah, yeah, yeah. bashing R two D two with a stick like a fucking hippie, and then he just like bounce off the walls like a green little ping pong ball on crack just beating the shit out of his old apprentice but that just seemed like you know Honestly, like a quirky thing for yoda you know so it was like fine i could i wonder how much it. of it's nostalgia versus like if, if i only saw the original trilogy and then i saw that in theaters would i have been like what the fuck did they just do <laughs> you can never say but uh, i don't yeah. care either way i like all of it i, I like the i like the palpatines being stupid busted i think it's kind of a fun nod to like revenge of the sith where he just like whoops three jedi in one swing and then duels off against mace windu yeah like, he also makes dumb faces the whole time honestly every time um, he does the lightning bolt thing i keep thinking of fucking rise of skywalker I, he can't hey, wait, stop. Wait, 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 I, wait. Just... I think of rise of skywalker and then i think of where it's like what could beat this two lightsabers <laughs> here's the thing um a I, I don't know if it's canonical that they can't stop, but it feels that way. Because he does it in, in Revenge of the Everything. Sith, burning his faith. He does it in Return of the Jedi, where it's like, just just he's just shocking Vader. And it's like, it, it just seems like he's like stu- he's just stuck doing it. He can't really maneuver it. He's just shooting lightning. He does it in Rise of Skywalker. I, I guess you could say it's like a thematic character thing where like, he is, he can't stop. He really legitimately cannot stop as a person. He is too possessed by this and this 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 he enjoys this. it too much yeah he's just too fucking evil he he yeah. wants to control everything he's too villainous he can't he literally cannot control the 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 vile coming from his body right but it's also like holy shit dude just turn it off just <laughs> stop holding the the q the b button for five minutes and and just spamming down that trigger yeah uh i do i do think two two lightsabers is sound it feels really stupid two yeah. lightsabers i think if, 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 i fucking think it's fucking funny when tyler says it i think it is kind of dumb I, I saw some people do edits where like you see like the other Jedi of the past behind her. I think that's kind of cheesy. I don't know what the middle ground for me was there. Like you can make the argument like, ooh, oh, it's ooh, ooh, pick me. Okay. Yeah, yeah go, go, go. You, Tommy, in the back of the class. Yes, thank you. Um, don't make this movie. <laughs> oh, Tommy, that's incredibly incorrect. We're going to have to send you back to um, third grade. But let's, let's move on. It's so good. Arc. <laughs> Is amazing, and for a soft series finale, it works really well. That's not the series finale. It was a soft series finale for its original uh, run on Cartoon Network. Oh, this was the last thing that aired on Cartoon Network. Season six. Oh, okay, okay. Were, Netflix went to Netflix as lost episodes. Yeah, really? That was lost episodes. That's not how they ended it. Nope. nope. It was ended on season five. Okay, because I yeah, I didn't know that. I thought the it was, run yeah, was it was a good ending. I like it. This I one, think, yeah. I think it also, again, sheds more light onto Anakin's character arc as to why he falls to the dark side. It, yeah. He Not only is it about him wanting to save Padme, he does explicitly see the flaws within the Jedi Order. Because like we see that in him in Attack of the Clones. He has this moment where he pretty much, he basically says, fascists would be okay if it were me. Um, <laughs> and we kind of see him 
throughout the Clone Wars look at other, at these systems of government and think the Republic's too fucking slow and useless. The Jedi Order is old and corrupt and ineffective. Yep. Something new needs to happen, and I think Palpatine's the way to do it. It kicked, it caused Ahsoka to leave the Order. It's keeping me away from Padme. It's keeping me deeply restricted among my emotions. Um, it's a flawed system that needs to be changed. That's that's basically how he looks at it by the time of Revenge of the Sith. The movies don't portray should, that. We should also give a little background as to why Ahsoka leaves the Order. That's important. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Basically, uh, there's like a bombing at the Jedi Temple, and Ahsoka ends up being framed for the attack. For murder, not the attack. For, yeah, for yeah. Murder, well, both, sorry. Well, for yeah, both. the the, yeah. The, mur- the murders that occurred because of the bombing. Yeah, well, and she no, ends up being convicted and yeah. arrested, and the Jedi Order kind of does nothing. Actually, yeah, actually, they does actually do nothing. Yeah, she's very yeah. angry at Obi Wan after this. We get to see that kind of later on. One point though, uh, I get the-, the feeling. I'm sorry to cut you off, Tyler, because I'm ninety percent certain. Like when they have like their council saying like, yeah, we're excommunicating you from the order or something Mm -hmm. that it that Yoda said it was almost unanimous. Yeah, and I think it was almost. He said almost. And I think he says it was not unanimous, but actually, I don't think that was Obi-Wan. I think that was Plo Koon. Koon, Yeah, I think that was Plo Koon. Because Plo Koon took her as a yeah, child and might. brought her to the order. So I honestly think that was a Plo Koon moment. Also, by the way, Plo Koon, super underrated. Love him so much. He was actually, um, so just as a fun fact, the Mandalorian cast when Luke came in, they actually were told it was going to be Plo Koon who walks in and takes Baby Yoda, which I think is such a fucking bizarre <laughs> choice, but I, I almost kind of would have liked it. <laughs> It's such a weird choice. It's like I kind of want to see the reality where that Isn't was. Isn't he dead though? He's supposed. I mean, we see his ship blow up, but yeah, Star Wars. That's true. He ejected, and the Force kept him alive, or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's Star Wars. No one's really dead. No one's ever really gone. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, Anakin's the only one that believes in her. You keep bringing it up. That was the last keep Jedi. So bringing it up. Um, oh wait, for my point. Uh, in the second episode of this arc. The person who is uh, believed to have bombed the temple is captured, and then she gets murdered in her cell <laughs> of only yeah. Ahsoka in the room. Ahsoka, Ahsoka doing this with her hands yeah, up. Yeah, she's holding her hands up, and she's like, wait, what's going on? It's like, don't fucking hold your hands up. You you use the force. It looks like you're murdering the shit out of her. Yeah, I understand the reaction of like, oh, God, someone help her. But it's like, Ahsoka, come yeah, on. You're, you're, kind, of a, you're kind of a war veteran scream now. Scream out or something. Yeah. Well, they muted the Anakin. audio of the of the thing. So, um, somebody true. did, yeah. I love Anakin during this for three specific reasons. Number one, when he goes to visit um, like Ahsoka in like the jail area, mm. he's like, look, you're going to let me in or we're going to have a fucking problem. And the clones <laughs> get like fucking terrified when they're like, sorry, we can't. Yeah. Secondly is when he goes and pretty much just curb stomps Ventress saying, if you're wrong, I'm coming back and I'm ripping out your insides. Yeah. yeah. And, and the then, third one is when he confronts Barris, and Barris is like, "The Jedi are violent," and he ignites a second lightsaber <laughs> to prove. No, I'm not to prove how wrong that bitch is. Yeah, I mean, so. I think that's that's gotta be one of the things I love about this arc. Ventress isn't necessarily wrong; she's just also a terrorist. Like yeah. she's like, the Jedi have lost their way; they become too militant; they become warriors. Like, so you bomb them. Like, I agree with your points, but you bomb them. You realize how you're the bad guy here. You um, do realize how that's worse, right? Please tell me you know how that's worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another thing I feel that also influences both Ahsoka and Anakin here. Ahsoka's decision to leave the Order. Because in other, in other texts, she says, you know, she saw, she sees their, their problems within the Order. And also Anakin, to, his, his, his already, his already detrimental view of it. 
Yeah. I think it's also interesting because one of the temple guards who was bringing her up to this court meeting or whatever you want to call it, council meeting, um, is becomes the head of the uh, Inquisitoris. Um, oh, that's the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, because he also is pretty much moved by her speech and realizes, yeah, wait, you guys are you guys are the ones in the problem. You guys, you guys are the problem here. So it gets to this point where it's like the Je- the the Jedi and the Council are their own worst enemy. In that, like, Pal- what Palpatine basically does is show ex- show them the worst side of themselves. He exposes, he puts them into impossible situations where they're forced to make a bad choice, and the bad choice always shows the worst part of them. And then people, whether it's the Republic or the other Jedi or anyone in a fucking five mile radius, they realize, oh shit, these guys are kind of a problem, aren't they? Yeah. And that makes it that much easier to create an empire, especially with, you know, creating a, a, a war of fear um, for over the course of three to four years. Canon's weird on that. I don't like, I don't like that it's three years. I think that's stupid. Um, but yeah. So I think that's just oh, another really interesting. This you art want it to be longer or a shorter? little bit longer, a little bit longer, I not too much was, longer. I, I think, I think three years is, a, I think it's I supposed it was... to, that's what I used to think, but it's supposed to be three. And like, here's the thing. When it comes to Star Wars, like the actual length of their wars, I think that most of the timelines are a little bit too short. Like it's like three years for the Clone Wars. And then it's supposed to be like 19 years that the Empire was actually ruling before like A New Hope. And I'm like, just round that up to 20. Just just feels a bit better, honestly, in my opinion. Mm. And and then it's like five years. It's like, like, uh, I think it's supposed to be two or three years between A New Hope and Empire. And I'm like, honestly, round that up to three to five, a little bit closer to that. Um, Because just with the amount of content that takes place in that time, and then it's six months between Return of the Jedi, I mean, Empire Return of the Jedi, which I'm like, well, make it a year. I think that's a little bit too little still, in my opinion. And then six and seven supposed to be 30, 30. I actually think 35 or even 40 might be a slightly better number. Just make everyone a bit older by the time of the resistance. Um, And then fucking the last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker is one year, which is stupid. I think that should be at least two, two fucking minimum. Um, so I kind no. of always just rec. I, it's one. I re- listen. I honestly recon the years in my head every fucking time because it's it's head cannon. It's head cannon. It's, it's like three three years for the Clone Wars. Doesn't make sense. When Doesn't make most, sense to me. Yeah, I, 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 that's got to be four to five at least. Like we, who's gonna who's gonna stop? Who's gonna it? Fucking it's... Lucas gonna come into my house. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the point I'm trying to make. The, the penultimate moment of this series is, or this arc, I, you know, fuck it, this series is where Ahsoka decides to leave the Order, and the music during this, the, the conversation between her and Anakin, where Anakin is like, I understand wanting to walk away, and she says, I know, is such a brilliant yeah. moment of, like, what does that mean? Like, obviously... I think it means she knows about his life and with Padme and everything. And it's such a beautiful moment because she, and it's, it's so interesting. Like if she was there for the remainder of the war, I think she would have stopped him from falling to the dark side. Most likely. It's one of those moments. It's it's, it's another mortis moment. If you ask me now. Yeah of what would have happened if she was there because Ahsoka I think exemplifies what the Jedi should be she's a lot closer to it she has her flaws I'm not denying that but especially in season seven it 
it's highlighted. Now we'll get yeah. to that when I get to that. I definitely want to see how her arc continues with this kind of hair to the empire style event they're planning. Yeah, and I got a fucking I'm, problem with. I got the, a fucking problem with that too. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page here. We're on <laughs> the same page with that. The brain so, like happening. We'll talk about this. Yeah, yeah, have a small right. problem with this arc. It's like the tiniest nitpicky thing. What's yes. your nitpick face? Why why the fight between Anakin and Barris last so long? Did it? They had budget. Mm. They had budget to burn. It was their last yeah, episode. He, Anakin him. had to show how wrong that bitch was about how violent <laughs> they were. I will show you our peaceful ways. We see, with we force. see, force. The, same, I'm a, I'm we see a, the same Anakin fighting against, you know, just slaughtering Padawans like they're nothing. Yeah. A couple like a month or two later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I think the time is. I think there's a time difference there, but no, it it's it's more. Enough. It, I think it's more like a. I think it's like a year or something later, or like six it's months. Not, far not off. even. No, it's, 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 it's like it's like it's like it's like a couple of months away. Really? Because it's all fucking in three years. It's stupid. The timeline. Fuck, fuck it doesn't make any. Was. It's like at most you could stretch it to say, oh, it was six. But that means Ahsoka was only fighting the war for two and a half years, and that doesn't add up to me. Like. It, again, three years was a bad amount of time. It was just a poor choice. Just stretch it in your heads. It doesn't actually affect anything of value. Yeah. It really doesn't. Like, adding two years to the war it makes everyone two years older. If anything, that somehow brings Ian McGregor closer to being the right-looking age for fucking A New Hope. Like, it, it truly, it just doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, I guess we could uh, move on to season six. six. I have a question. Do we have to talk about six? Six is some great stuff. I like the Yoda stuff. I like the Yoda stuff, and I like the clone, the chip stuff. The chip oh stuff my is God, super important. Chip. Five? That's Are you forgetting right. about our boy Holy Five? Shit, that was the start of this season. Yeah, I am so sorry. I yeah, we get this. We can skip that. like the entire middle though. Entire middle is pretty trash. You want to skip the what, Mace Windu? God, I want to skip the episode where Jar Jar gets laid. Yes, Tommy. Yes, I don't want to talk about yeah, that. You didn't that like one. the Mace Windu Jar Jar Pinks. I uh, did. Arc. I didn't care for them. No. You didn't like that buddy cop bullshit. I thought you were going to say something much worse the, than that for a second there. The Fives arc is, again, one of the greatest arcs of Star of this entire show and even Amazing. Star Wars. The idea that there is a, that one of the clones becomes defective and, like, Order 66 activates early is brilliant. Fives mm-hmm. uncovering all this stuff and nobody believing him i remember watching this for the first time and like why don't you believe him so painful you get so viscerally angry because as audience members we know what happens but these people in the story they don't and then rex just trying to realize why is my brother doing shit like this like I want to believe you, buddy. Like, I really do. You just got to fucking, you got to work with me here. Give me something. And at one point, he goes and sees Palpatine fives. And I, and we don't see what happens, but I guarantee Palpatine turns to fives and says, yeah, it's all true. Pretty much. I'm a Sith Lord. I'm a Sith Lord. I have implanted all your chips. When I give the code word, mm. you are all going to kill the Jedi and fives. And and Palpatine's like, go ahead, go tell as many people as you want. No one's gonna fucking. No believe one's you. gonna believe. You. No one's gonna believe and a clone the versus the he, Chancellor. He ends up being killed by other clones. The worst clone. Yeah. The worst. Fuck Fox. 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 No, Fox. I think it's just Fox. Fox. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fox, dude. The worst. The worst clone. He was I great. He was great in Genny Tarwanowski's thing. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to talk in Genny Sotorowski's. You don't need you don't need personality if all you have to do is pull the trigger, right? <laughs> but like, it is true. He he fuck 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 Fox, 
And, you know, I want to add a layer of, of, of worseness to this. So, um, you know, that eventually uh, towards the end of the show, Rex, they, they find out about these chips. Ahsoka finds out about these chips, realizing Fives file, right? However, yep. I'm going to add, there was one clone who actually did believe Fives. There was a clone named Kix. You might remember him from the Shadow and Umbara arc, the medic. Yeah. He believed Fives and actually tried to get the word out about what he realized was going on. He, he, he himself also realized the, um, the, the conspiracy. However, yeah. he gets captured by Dooku and put into cryo sleep, right? Because Palpatine wants to, um, yeah. wants to basically figure out what's going on. Well, you know, why are these these like clones shooting me this intelligent? Yeah. yeah, what's happening here, right? However, the ship that he's in while in cryo sleep, they have to make a very quick hyperspace maneuver because they get attacked by a Republic out, uh, fleet. And when they do, they basically just blanket random hyperspace coordinates and they land basically in a planet. And Hux gets rescued sixty years later. Awoken from cryo sleep, freak. He's uh, basically freed by these pirates, uh, a pirate named Sedanathana, who we see in the Force Awakens, and he's basically freaking out like, "I need to go to the Republic. I need to go to Anakin Skywalker. I'm with the Jedi. I need to tell them about. There's a plan. There's Order sixty six. They're gonna kill them. It's gonna happen. I need to let everyone know. It's been thirty uh, years. It's been thirty years since. It's been. It's been more than that. It's been I've 50 years since that happened. I've heard about like there was one clone that the survived, last clone but I, I did not know what the story was mm -hmm. the last that, clone trooper it's a short story it's a short story cool. in um one of their one of their collective books yeah, really good sad. it's so it's so sad because like the story is told from the pirates perspective specifically sedanathano and it's basically them like trying to find this supposed treasure from this old clone wars era ship and then he gets the treasure and it's kicks and kicks is like shaking them like i need to go to the republic i need to tell them what's happening they need to know what's going on the jedi are going to be murdered and Sedan's like that what was are you a long about? time ago. That was that was a <laughs> long time ago, man. buddy. And it's just like this moment of like crushing defeat where Kix is just like, fuck. Every he's the last clone trooper. Every, all of his brothers who had uh, who had you know like quick aging are dead. The literal yeah. only chance he ever has to see someone like himself would be Boba Fett at this point. Like, yeah. And at and at during the time of this writing, Boba Fett was nowhere to be fucking seen. Like that this was he wasn't confirmed to be alive at that point. So, you know, it was just this tragedy of he is the last. He is alone. There are no other clone troopers. It was it's so fucked up. It's like the best of the short stories. Honestly, That's, I love that yeah. one. And it adds just it adds just an extra twinge of pain to this already agonizing arc. Oh, it yeah. hurts. Go well, fuck hurt. Fox, man. Fuck Fox, <laughs> dude. What an asshole. And then that whole Coruscant guard, man. They all suck. Fuck the Coruscant guard. They were all sucking. Yeah, but I do wonder, maybe it was like a Palpatine was using the chip. I'm going to actually pin that one down to classism. Like, if you're yeah. like the interior guard yeah. who works with the high chancellor, you're going to be a shitter compared to the grunt stormtrooper who's like, um, stormtrooper who's they're out of They're also not experiencing like, yeah, these moments they're in, they're that are building Coruscant. their personalities, like yeah, they're just kind of they're they're yeah. living the kind of comparatively the life of luxury. We see that there are a lot of clone bars in Coruscant, so yeah. these troopers are kind of just living it up, and it's not an issue. And uh, yeah, uh, before yeah. we talk about the actual Yoda arc, though, I want to talk about the episode "The Lost Ones," because um, "The Lost Ones" is an attempt to clarify the plot of the prequels. Because if you actually think about it for more than a second, the prequels suddenly get very confusing because the clone trooper army in episode two was uh, was paid for by a Jedi called sifo yeah. And that's that's all we get to know about him. There's some deleted scenes in the attack of the clones. That's it. We don't know who sifo is, why the fuck him. he made a clone trooper army or uh, nothing. None of the clone troopers make no fucking sense in the movies. And in this 25 Until, episode uh, minute. 
they, well, they try their best. It's still fucking messy. I think it honestly took the book Dooku Jedi Lost to really clarify it. Because effectively, what the real plot is, is that Dooku was best friends with this Jedi named Sifo Dyas. Sifo Dyas, um, he could see the future. He'd have visions. And he had horrible visions of a war. And in order to prevent the war, to help the Republic, he funded army. the clone army, which Dooku found out about, killed Sifo captured and then killed Sifo Dyas, I think. And then... Um, took over the clone army's production for himself and made a deal with the Kaminoans, right? Yep. Um, then this, even like, I don't think that Sifo-Dyas' visions are actually touched on in this episode. It took a, it took a book, it took like an audible exclusive book to really get that part fucking covered. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, sifo effectively starts building the program that would lead to the vision he feared. Because yep. in Star Wars, time is linear. There is no changing the future per se i mean it's hard to say star wars is vague on it but a lot of times whenever characters have visions it's very like like it's shakespeare and yeah it's like it's shakespeare like what yeah. you do you know not shakespeare actually greek tragedy is a better comparison what yeah. you do to change it is going to cause it to it yeah it's like oedipus right so that's kind of what happens with sifodius here it's what happens with anakin when he sees the visions of uh padme's death it seems like really the best thing to do is to kind of it's go kind be of one with the force what about the visions of anakin and his mom See, he saw her suffering and that she was going to die and then she still died. The implication being that he could never change it. There's a Charles Soule guess, Star yeah, Wars yeah, yeah. comic coming out now where this, right. Jedi is, she's talking, this Jedi is talking to Luke and basically saying, we are all at the whims of the Force. It pushes us around and toys with our lives and then it throws us away once we're done. Yeah. Um, the implication kind of still being that the, things will have to go as the Force wills, even if it means course correcting a thousand times over. You know, kind of like with Anakin. Yeah. His destiny was to bring balance here the force had to fucking course correct a thousand times over to get there at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I think that's kind of the implication of how the force works there. Um, yes. Yeah, I have arc story is a fucking mess. The clone wars did their best. <laughs> that's all I can give them for that. Uh, and then yeah, we go I mean, to the one last good arc in the season. Yoda. Uh, Yoda. I love Yoda's arc. Now, Tommy, it seems like you didn't want to talk about this arc. Do you have a reason for that? I don't care. You don't care. It's, mm. it's, it's cool. I really, I, I, I just don't care all too much. Wow. Like, okay. As, as it's cool. I see why someone would like it, but for me, it just, it was like, eh, the one thing I do love because one of my favorite book runs of the legends and probably yeah. actually Darth Bane, Darth Bane, the mm-hmm. Darth Bane trilogy is fucking incredible. Isn't it? Is it it's either a trilogy or duology. I, I read the trilogy. first one. Trilogy. trilogy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is so fucking good. It's so nice that they canonized him. I'm glad he was, because otherwise he'd be in like that weird legend state that Red Revan is in right now. We're like, he is canon because he was mentioned in a source book, but until we get something more solid, we're not gonna really know for sure what his like life was like. I don't know why Disney's so fucking scared to just do old republic. They're stuff. not. They're gonna they're doing a game. We now know that they are doing a, a, a old republic game. It seems yeah. like they what what they seem to want to do is do things in initiatives. So first they did sequel trilogy era. Now they're currently doing high republicing in their public in their their print and publishing area, yeah. and then the shows are focusing very heavily on a little bit of something for everyone of every era. If the rumors about Rogue Squadron are supposed to be true, it takes place after Episode Nine. So there's a bit of prequel stuff, a bit of sequel stuff, a bit of original trilogy stuff. And then it seems like there's going to be a big initiative after Acolyte to focus very heavily on Sith Lords, including a KOTOR game and some initiative around the Old Republic, Revan and Malak specifically. 
That's exciting. we don't know what that is. My favorite era. That's that's it's still it's still years away, you know, because a lot of this stuff it just takes time to flesh out a universe like this. Technically, the new canon has not even been developed for for six years yet. You know, like it's it's still very young, relatively speaking, compared to Legends, which was forty years old by the time it, it ended. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to take a bit, but they are, they are, like, they've been hinting to Old Republic. We saw some Old Republic Mandalorian armor in Solo. We saw some Old Republic ships in uh, Dr. Afra. So it's been, it's been slowly drops little seeds. We saw Revan's Legion in the, in the Rise of Skywalker and Tenaboris's Legion in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, so little, little hints are getting dropped around that we're going to get there very soon, relatively. As for this arc, though, I really like it um, for a couple of reasons. One, it clarifies. Well, phase one. I was going to say we could see Qui Gon Jinn again. That, we could see Qui Gon Jinn again. That's I think nice. he's going to be in Kenobi. I hope he's going to be in Kenobi. Um, I really hope he's going to be. I in hope he is, Kenobi. and he's just like I'm just disappointed, Obi Wan. Oh yeah, Obi Wan. I like. I I don't even know if I want to be disappointed or just because like here's the thing. This show, this 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 arc actually clarifies for the first fucking time how Force ghosts work. And yep. whenever somebody is complaining about Force ghosts, they are ignoring this arc entirely. Because yeah. I always see, I always see the complaint about Force Ghost. Like, well, if Force Ghost knew this, why he no tell Luke this? If Anakin, you know, like, I always fucking see that. Why no? Why Force Ghost no fight? And it's like, well, this arc, this, yeah, this arc pretty much shows that's not how it works. The Force Ghosts exist in a place outside of time. They are one with the Force, and they experience time. Simul- it's kind of almost a Manhattan effect. It totally is. Yeah, yeah. like they experience time. They, like I think Qui Gon says, "I see the fast, the past, and future all at once." Something along, something to that effect, right? Suggesting that, well. What they do is for a region. They do what the force wills. That's that's it. They don't. They are not meant to like interfere in the most strict sense. They are guides from the force. They're not gonna, yeah. you know, fucking Yoda's not gonna punch Palpatine in the fucking face as a ghost. That's not gonna happen. Vader's not gonna. Anakin's not gonna tell Luke about whatever the fuck he saw in Exegol because that's not as the force wills. Yeah, they they come no. back to just like correct kind of. They're yeah, they're course correctors. They yeah. just have to nudge things in the right direction. You know what I mean? Um, that's their purpose and that's that that is that is how the force works and a lot of people fucking ignore that and i'm really glad this arc exists just to clarify it 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 also digs into that weird side of star wars with the force priestesses and what i think it does most interestingly is is actually thematically because for jedi there are the jedi trials right when you're graduating from padawan to knight you take these you undergo these trials and these trials are usually custom made depending kind of like whatever it is right they're a particular thing that you have to accomplish and go past in order to prove yourself as a jedi knight and then kind of once you're a Jedi master, supposedly you were at the pinnacle of being a Jedi, right? You're like the best that there can be. Yeah. But what this arc shows is that there are still trials to be overcome as a Jedi master. Yoda, the 900 something year old Jedi master who's been still on the council. More to learn. He still has more to learn, right? That's like the whole point. He still has these new trials to overtake. There's no, it doesn't end, you know, improvement doesn't stop when you, when you just reach that level up, you know what I mean? You got to keep doing it. And Yoda at this point, he has to realize how, far he's fallen and how far the jedi have fallen and he has this kind of moment of clarity towards the end as tragic as he realizes it's going to be but he understands that it's it's not over you know what i mean yep yep so i actually think this arc's pretty good because of that and i also think it's a pretty fitting it was a fitting end until we got season seven yeah i kind of liked it a lot for that because yeah. the other day when you were saying when you asked me what my most hype moment in the whole show was it was yes. doing yoda's uh vision which one the one where he's just on the He's with Anakin and he's like, wait, where am I? How'd I get here? No, oh, yeah. And then he learns that you're going to basically full frontal assault this fucking Sith. <laughs> That's basically love- what it is. Yeah. And his it reaction is. is, wait, what did I do? It's like, yeah, you put it. Like, 
How drunk was I? Why did you say Man, he, he was on he was on some death sticks, let me tell you. He had some yeah. spice going and everything. It's a yeah. wild night in the Jedi Council. Yeah, but he, seeing that moment and then his reaction of, all right, fuck, we're going to go and kill him is yeah. hype. Uh, season seven, I guess. Season seven. Only two arcs here really worth talking about. Yeah, we get Bad Batch. Uh, the last bad one. Batch. Yeah, they're getting a spinoff. We've talked about them at, you know, at, at length already. This isn't a 2000s cartoon. Just saying. That's true. It, uh, actually, it, we only count the years it came out from. So then we should would have stopped like two scenes ago. I mean, technically. No, no, no. Like we, if, as long in, as it came out in the 2000s, we're good. We're still in the 2000s. If you're counting it by. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I like Faison's way better. I'm going to go with that. That's more fun. Whatever. Fucking. How do you count a thousand years? What's that called? Millennium. 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 Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, only thing of note, I think, really about the Bad Bash that we haven't touched on is Echo comes back. Yep. The clone that we had thought died in the Citadel uh, episode returns. And he actually joins the Bad Batch at the end and will be joining them in the spinoff series. The show actually does, does a little fun thing where it actually suggests that, oh, maybe Echo's going to betray them. There's so many moments where it feels like Echo's going to betray them, but then he's actually still on their side. Yeah. I think it's a fun little thing. Adds a little bit of tension. It's, it's nice. Nice little nice little, little, little thingy they do. Yep. Yeah, we get to and, see uh, more Mace Windu, which is kind of nice. We get to see a little more Mace Windu, that piece of shit. <laughs> actually watching him fight that he has a, he's a great fighter don't get yeah. me wrong he's fucking um what is it pressure point technique weakness the weakness detection that fucking ability is that what it's called i don't oh, know i don't know the i can't remember the exact name off the top of my head but it's basically the ability to detect a particular weakness shatter point shatter point it's called shatter point okay. he uses it on the glass in season one in the battle of ryloth uh it's it's fucking cool and his power like that's the shit he uses in the Terranosky cartoon when he just punches fucking droids in the chest like a savage yeah. i just like his fighting style so much it's so good he's also just a massive dick yeah um, he's a fucking total um, piece of shit i'm sorry citizen but this is matters of the jedi order fuck you mace windu what an <laughs> asshole he's literally like that's the biggest okay a little 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 canon tidbit again um, I told this to Tyler and Faison, but I don't, I've never met him to see Tommy. I don't, I'll see Tommy. The biggest issue with Luke's Jedi Order post Return of the Jedi is what he believes to be the correct methodology of the Jedi. He looked at the history books of the Jedi and he saw Mace Windu, the man who he believed could have stopped his father, who could have ended the entirety of the Sith. And he felt that Mace Windu was the perfect Jedi. That Mace Windu stood for all of the. Again, he's only, working off of, he's only working off of historical text, right? This is one of those oh, things where. Yeah, yeah, he saw Mace Windu as the person who could have stopped Vader if he if, if that if Vader hadn't interrupted Mace Windu, that he would have defeated Palpatine right there and then, and that would have been the end of the Sith. The Empire would have never came to be. Mace Windu was the Jedi who got closest to ending the Sith, um, other than 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 Vader himself, than the Chosen One himself, right? So when looking at what makes the what was the correct way to create the Jedi so far, it, it's only been implied in a source book and not in uh, any comics or anything proper canon you know source picks are considered secondary canon until the, you know because they're able to be contradicted if they need to be because they're just like little in visual dictionaries right yeah um it's it's it said that he believed that mace windu was the jedi who was closest to defeating the sith and he looked up to him greatly so it seems very much like the issues that's that also weird though because his fighting style was like just super close to being dark side it was very aggressive right yeah uh i think that it being in the middle of dark side is something older from legends but it's kind of still in there in canon it's just like loosely implied that like mace windu kind of needs to be constantly in check yeah not that his not that his fighting style is necessarily evil itself but that he needs to constantly be balancing himself which honestly could be something that luke saw as a positive a jedi who's constantly trying to focus himself in a place of balance to not slip 
could be a way like you know it's kind of like if you look at it like a like a kind of like a religious conservatism the idea of like you are constantly in a state of no you're constantly in a state of almost sinning and you need to constantly be battling against that at any given point that's what it means to be like a true yeah, yeah, it makes sense just not, i mean they're fucking they're monks religious allegories are going to be there by nature of just having a, a religious order <laughs> not at hey, all, listen no. star wars has a lot of fucking real world allegories and i mean remember the prequels are made with Palpatine being Bush in mind. Like that was George Lucas's intent. That's true. You know, the original trilogy was created with the idea of the Vietnam war with these rebels defeating an empire. Um, People say, get your politics out of star Wars. It's always fucking been there. You're just really dumb. You know, I can't fucking help them. Uh, (laughs) It's like, that's just the way it is. Um, So that's like kind of something that I could see Luke taking too far into account with his Jedi order. We've only seen a little of his order so far. But he's already committed the greatest mistake that the Jedi do and that we see them do in this show, especially, which is that they take children from their homes and raise yep. them to be Jedi. That is the no. greatest mistake that they do. Yeah. Separating Anakin from his mother was the was the, first, the original yeah. sin, the first fuck up. That is what has that is what caused all of Anakin's emotional issues and trauma, which is what leads to him falling to the dark side. That's the biggest mistake they make, taking away these children from their homes in order to turn them into warriors, Child soldiers. defenders, guardians, whatever the fuck you want to try and justify it as. That's the greatest mistake. And um, that's the same mistake that Luke makes when trying to recreate the Jedi Order. And I really hope that canon addresses that in the future with whatever the next Jedi Order is. My personal perfect view of what the Jedi Order should be going forward in canon is something closer to a um, Knights of the Round Table where it's their X amount of Jedi masters and they take an apprentice and the apprentice is already an adult yeah there's no more they need to be a fucking toddler to bring him in we they take four sensitive adults to take one apprentice and that person eventually moves up to the form of master you know that's yeah, what yeah. I, i'd like something kind of very knights of the round table-esque to kind of deal with the fact that this was the greatest mistake that the jedi ever made in their their history and that's what led yeah. to their downfall um i guess we should talk about the we should talk about the, the series finale the <laughs> yeah the final series finale Motherfucker, we could talk two hours just on the Siege of Mandalore. We are going to oh, try God. our best not to. <laughs> it's perfect. It's great. <laughs> from the from the get go, when this when the episode starts without the classic Clone Wars title moving through, and it's this dreadful twisting titles of just slowly fading up with the um, this terrifying orchestra in the background is hands down that one of the greatest decisions they could have done. Holy shit. Yeah, perfect. Everything about this entire arc and this fucking episode is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, there's so many small things, like even just Ahsoka's reaction to Obi-Wan after everything that went down between them with the uh, Jedi Order, is she's so much more cold and callous to him than we've ever seen them. That it, it feels jarring to watch just these little moments. And yet Anakin's still trying to be like super friendly, like in the old days, like nothing's changed, but she's aware that things aren't the same and they kind of can't be again. And it's, it's just painful, these interactions between the three of them. Even when he gives her the lightsabers, he's like, oh yeah, I upgraded the color. I made them like mine, right? And it's just this weird, subtle little thing. Yeah, there's so many, so many fucking great, just little moments between the group. I love it. I fucking love it. The... Moneymaker here is the fight between Ahsoka and Maul, oh, it's so good. which which they actually mo capped, mm-hmm. um, and it is fucking incredible. The Phenomenal. music, pays off the so music much. swelling here is brilliant. 
amazing. Um, yeah, basically Maul returned from being captured by Palpatine. It's covered in a comic. I'm not I'm not going to bother summarizing that one. Um, Maul returns, takes back over Mandalore with a group of his own Mandalorians, is led by specifically Gar Saxon, who becomes a small villain. That in... was fucking awesome. That was fucking awesome. Great I have the Gar Saxon pop right fucking here. Um, yeah, he becomes a villain in the Rebels series going forward. Um, so he he leads his invasion in the attempt to lure Kenobi in for one final duel. However, Kenobi and Anakin are busy saving the Chancellor over the battle on the battle over Coruscant, as we see in the uh, Revenge of the Sith, and Ahsoka is forced to come instead. Um, and he's he's not happy with that. he's not okay with that, and he tries to. I, what I think is that he tries to get her to join him, right? Yeah. And that's like that's a really weird. There's like a weird parallel with this, um, because there's throughout Star Wars, villains are constantly trying to get heroes to join him, right? Maul tries to get Ahsoka. Maul tries to get Ezra. Vader tries to get Luke. Palpatine's fucking shuffling through apprentices every other weekend. <laughs> you know, it's like he's just got he's got a body count. Um. These, it's a fucking that might be the worst thing I've said. This is the mental no. image it produces. Um, you know, Kylo no, tries to get Ray. I'm not wrong, right? Like all these no, people are no, trying to right. these characters are all trying to pair up, like the rule of two. Yeah. And we know that the rule of two is effectively a Sith attempt to mimic a force dyad, right? That there is something. I'm sorry, we don't know that in the films. It's extra extra, extra canon. I know that. I know that, and I'm telling you, the lore master here is speaking. I saw Tommy's face of <laughs> just confusion when I, no, I know that. I know oh, that. You, I, saw, I saw like a grimace. You can literally no, say just, anything, and I'll probably believe it. Yeah, I guess that's technically just, very uh, true. Oh, did he? Just rolled over. Oh, that's adorable, actually. Nice. Um, just rolling all over my bed, getting hair everywhere. Thanks. Oh, well, that's a little bit less adorable. Yeah. Uh, we also know that the Force diet has happened before, uh, almost guaranteed within Revan and Bastilla. Um, that was all, all but 100% yeah. certain to be a, a forced dyad in the past, right? And it constantly feels like these characters are trying, if not if intentionally or not intentionally, maybe the force or these characters are trying to create that, that dynamic, that strength throughout the series. Because the first thing I saw when Maul and this was trying to get Ahsoka was I just got that sensation of like the force, you know, just constantly bringing these two people together over, the, over and over again, two people in order to try and create something stronger, which is, just, I don't know, and a weird parallel that I feel like is worth making note of if it ever comes anything. If it, if it ever goes anywhere, we'll see. Um, maybe, I think maybe in the Old Republic, if they do kind of dig into Revan Bastilla, yeah. that could be, you know, I just feel like it's worth minting now, just so I have that in a little bit early. <laughs> um, yeah, their fight's fucking amazing. It is. Uh, and the la- kind of like the, sorry, not the last thing, um, Order 66 happens in this show. Yeah. And that is and that is hard to watch. It's in the best of ways. Because mm-hmm. at this point, if I some of you haven't seen Rebels here, like I believe Tyler Faison, nope. you guys haven't seen mm-hmm. it. Right? I watch bits and pieces, but nothing like not a lot. I got nothing. Rebels came out before um before season this seven, ended. obviously. Yeah. And Rex tells us it's uh, Sorry, minor spoiler. I might have just Rex shows just up. It. Rex yeah, shows up in Rebels. Yeah, I, I knew that. door. and he tells uh, our heroes that I didn't betray my Jedi. So at this point in the series, I thought Rex removed that chip. When I see him just kind of shaking there, dropping his helmet, I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah, and he's yeah. standing there, just holding, resisting every fiber of his body, 
just trying to say those words that would help Ahsoka of just fives find him before he eventually it takes oh. over him and Ahsoka has no fucking idea what to do. And the yeah. music no swells. It is gorgeous and her trying everything to save her friend for the remainder of the episode is incredible. Absolutely. Um, even even there was an Ahsoka book which has flashbacks to the Battle of of, Mal, of Mandalore, um, but it never actually addresses what's going on with the chip. So yeah. it was in, it was kept vague for so long, and just it is such an intense moment. Even when she escapes and she's in this like little kind of like command center, and she's just reflecting blaster bolts as the because she doesn't want to kill the clone. She's fought with them all these years, right? Yeah, they're, they're like. She, they're like friends. Friend, they're friends. They're family. Friends. She's either. reflecting these these blaster bolts, and she's just trying to escape. And this this game of cat and mouse is just like just desperately Sorry, trying I, to get. I just had to. I just had to prove this real quick. That oh I shit, he owns the Ahsoka novel. Nice. I own the book. Wow. Yeah. Okay. On, what, else, what else do I have here? I got the fucking. I got the Disney Infinity Ahsoka figure. Wow. Um, what else do I fucking got? I got and I got this black series Ahsoka thing. Vegas well. owes oh, this uh, Rebels version. It is, yeah. Yeah. So that's all I got. I'm not a huge nerd. Shut up. Listen, man, I got oh. like, I'm not even going to. Yeah, Chris is just like, hold <laughs> not, on. Not again. So. <laughs> I, I literally don't think I could grab them. <laughs> um, uh, I've, I've spent a lot of money. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic moment. I, I It's just so good. And even when like, you know, after she, she, she gets the chip out of him, there's still this fact that we are on the a fucking ventilator. Um, or vent, 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 I can never Venator. pronounce it. I can never pronounce the name of that ship, man. Um, we're on a fucking Venator, and it's just like we how the fuck do we even get out of here? And she frees Maul to create a distraction. Yeah. And Maul, he just fucking takes the ship down. Yeah, he, ha- he has his own hallway scene. He does. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, he does. getting a hallway scene these days. Vader, Maul, Luke, everyone's getting a hallway scene. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not complaining. I'm not. I'm, I'm not complaining. They're fun to see. I like. I, I like. I don't get me wrong. I like the cool fucking hype shit. I just like the surrounding material to be hype as well. Um. Uh. What the fuck was I saying? Yeah. Maul fucking sabotages the ship, demolishes it, and sends it crashing down. Great distraction. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it worked. Did, it did the job, and uh, basically, Soak and Rex are just trying to get down there. And by the time they do, like you know, it everything's crashed, right? Yeah. So you see that she collects the helmets of every clone in yeah, her and battalion. Still, like, they Before barely... that, like Rex is like, we need to kill these guys. Like they're going to kill us. And Ahsoka exemplifies one of the greatest things mm-hmm. a Jedi could say is they might be willing to die, but I'm not going to be the one to kill them. Yep. Yeah. And Perfect. that is something so brilliant that puts her well above Yoda, Obi-Wan, some of these other characters. I mean, let's just take how, yeah, no, exactly. immediately just start fucking swinging. It is, it is poetry at its finest. And as Mm -hmm. the ship is going down, her running outside, tumbling through it all, the debris as the ship is crashing until, until finally they are stacking the helmets and everything of their old friends. That song is called Burying the Dead, and it is fucking poetic. It's so good. No dialogue is spoken, and the series makes an incredible choice to end on Vader showing up to this planet. Yep. 
Yep. And finding, finding Ahsoka's lightsaber. Pretty much. I am pretty much him thinking she died in this accident. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great moment. Um, seeing Vader was so good. It does make me wonder if because like they made this model in the Clone Wars styles, and then we have Bad Batch. Makes me wonder if they made this model with the intent to potentially use it for Bad Mm -hmm. Batch. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Nothing. I can't. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'll watch it tomorrow. Comes Um, out in four hours. Comes out in four hours. EST. Yeah, or four hours in general for all everyone us. Uh, so good. I love it. It's such a melancholy ending. It's just so, so perfect. Like there was no other way you can end this show. You can't end this show happy. The Clone Wars are tragic. They're probably one of the most tragic points in Star Wars history, right? Um, yeah, hands it on. You can't, you can't, you can't end it. You can't end it happy. It has to be. It has to be this way. The, um, it's the death of the Jedi. Yeah, it's the the Order tore itself apart slowly. The death of a thousand cuts. You know, yeah. just over time, just little things, little things adding up until you end up here. You know, it was the Jedi that pushed Ahsoka away, and that only furthered. The damage they did to Anakin, and and at the end, it, in, in a twisted way, they they there was the consequences of their actions almost coming back. To I mean, the Jedi else. Order just destroyed themselves. Yeah, and Palp- Palpatine just rushed it along. Maybe if yeah. he gave him enough time, eventually they would have done it themselves. But Palpatine, Palpatine, yeah, Palpatine and his his I guess technically the Sith Eternal, because we know that he had like um, what's the name of that blue guy, uh, Maz 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 something, Maz Kanata. No, not Masconada. That blue guy with Palpatine. Oh, Mazamenda. Mazamenda. Sully from Avatar. Goddamn. <laughs> what a crossover! You know, Mazamedia. Mazamedia. That's how you pronounce his name. Um, you know, who was a major member of the Senate and eventually took the place of like kind of pseudo counselor for a while. Uh, you know, like he had all these pieces in play that just helped him push the galaxy towards yep. the breaking point, but it was always headed there. Um, and I mean, this is just, it's a great show. It's a great final season. I love it. Truly love it. That note, this was a, uh, this was like a three hour episode, episode, I think. Yeah. We wanted wanted to not make a four hour episode, but we did it anyway. Um, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Somehow. If you guys can make it through all this goodbye, I'm tired. I have worked (laughs) six fucking hours. Let's go. Yeah. Bye. (laughs)